back to this is hardcore podcast you just heard freight train the track throwdown recorded between white overholster will yip and stress the white boy this is the return of one of the most infamous bands in Philadelphia and the PA hardcore scene and celebrating 100 episodes we got together myself Diego slave from freight train at stress the white boy's house and his amazing fucking studio the chop stop studio and what you're going to hear later on is three friends talking about freight train and some amazing shit that happened to us as individuals and in Philadelphia hardcore scene. I thought it'd be one of the best ways to celebrate the 100th episode. But let it be known that freight train is back 
And again, sometimes with time off, some bands can knock off the rust. Freight Train Man, they just got crazier. The lineup is not just the old Freight Train guys. It's Diego and Slave. And now this just blows my mind, but I was saying it because they're all like friends since 1990s. Mike Mig from Punishment and a million other bands on guitar. We have John Neen from Blacklisted, who's in a million other fucking bands on bass. Paul Butterly, who was in Little League and should have been the biggest fucking star, should have been a world touring musician, but stayed home in Philadelphia on guitar. And Chris Margaret. The fucking motherfucker from Delco. He's played in every single band. Plays drums in Shattered Realm and Shark Attack and any other fucking band you got. You got a fucking band, he'll fucking play drums for it. So these are guys that I grew up with all together in this band, which now makes it like a super group. And that's the first offering throwdown. There was a YouTube video. We got the link in the bio and on the podcast. Go to IHC Podcast so you can watch the video because we talk a little bit about it. But... In celebrating 100 episodes, there's no better than me talking with two of my oldest friends about some real shit. So I hope you enjoy. Now getting into the stuff that I always talk about pre-episode, it's important to mention, because this will be announced at this time, that they have spent a decent amount of time pulling this together. Um, Dave Sausage... Chris Marguerite, they have created Matt Summers Bowl. This is the benefit show for Matt Summers, who was in the accident, and we talked about this before. And um, Saturday, February 4th, at the Union Transfer, Cold World, Floor Punch, Restraining Order, Shark Attack with Dave Tarrant Up singing, Chemical Fix, Raw Brigade, and Violent Minds and Sunstroke. More are coming. It's $30 in advance. Um, go to utphilly.com right now for tickets. Hopefully they'll last by the time you hear this. Support Matt Summers and his long journey to recovery. And just some people don't get that lucky to even survive this shit. So if you can buy a ticket and support, that's fucking great. Sounds like the show is going to be awesome. And it sounds like the reason why Blacklisted isn't playing is the same reason why Blacklisted hasn't played is because George doesn't want to do it. So stop breaking Bean's balls. Now, coming up, because this is airing Friday, Keystone Jam is upon us. And last time we spoke on it, it was before Life of Agony dropped that they were going to do 30 years of River Runs Red. So now we're in a situation where you've got Terror, Lowest of the Low, Life of Agony, River Runs Red 30-year celebration. Agnostic Front, Strife, Wisdom of Chains, Bulldoze. Like, what else do, what else do you want? Anyway, we, we posted set times. You can go to work at 5 o'clock or get done at 5, 6 o'clock and still make 90% of the big bands later in the bill. So, no reason to not go. Weather's going to be great. Make sure you're showing the fuck up. Um, it's important to say that it's always a blessing to have everybody in a room before the holidays. 
And I truly do believe that we're lucky to have so many cool bands bring so many people together right before the holidays. And I just look forward to seeing everybody. Um, now, today we announced the show. We previously announced the show, but then we had to add a band because of semantics. But uh, Philly Hardcore Shows just announced, and we can say it now because it's Friday, not Wednesday, that the show will be one step closer, Soul Blind, Life's Questions, at Underground Arts, January 22nd. Now, I'm just saying that just so because I have it in my head. Um, but obviously, chronologically, we're getting close to um, FYA and... We are planning on our annual FYA episode, but um, I should say it was crazy to see Loathe, and um, they they killed it with Static Dress and Omerita and Unity at the at Underground Arts, completely sold out. And this is a band that played; they had supported the Code Orange tour. Code Orange couldn't play the Philly date, so we did a last minute show, and they killed it at the church. And they're fucking selling out the fucking Underground Arts. So good on Loathe. If you're going chronologically, Keystone Jams is Saturday. Sunday is Cro-Mags with Y-Dye, Battalion Zaska, and Without Peace. Y-Dye, Philadelphia, 1982, OG hardcore dudes. Amazing. They're both coming on the podcast different times. Be ready for that in the next couple weeks. Battalion Zaska is Pat from Violent Society, Eric Richter from Creep Records and A Million Bands. Absolutely fantastic. Rupa Zimkar, I mean, if you saw that crazy redhead taking the mic the whole time during Youth of the Day across their four shows, that kid's a star. His band rips. He comes to a million shows. And King Shot from Four Punch Plays Drums. Sunday, show's going to start with enough time that you can be there and still be home in time for work the next day. Um, FYA, 789. I think that's what it is. 789, I think it is. I'm not looking at them on my computer this time. And this shit's completely sold out. But linger around because people are starting to sell tickets. Bob released a couple tickets. And uh, you still may be able to get a chance in, in sunny Tampa, Florida. January 14th. Sure Terror, The Chisel, Wisdom and Chains, All Blood for Blood Set, Violent Way, End It, Buried Dreams, The Fight, and Please Die. What a wild show. Make sure you're there. That's that's something special. That's why we put it out in reverb. And that one's going to get crazy. Um, Bob and them had announced Tsunami, Spy, and Fool's Game March 23rd at the church and then the the banger weekend is um, the 24th and 25th of March From Within Records and Plead Your Case have a hardcore pride weekend and, and it's outstanding Gridiron and Magnitude one night Mind Force and Seed of Pain the next day I mean what more do you want? There's going to be a flea market. There's so much more. And this is what I'm saying. Make sure you go to Philly Hardcore Shows because that's all the updated shows. Ben Stuckey has a ton of shows. Um, AXBX putting in the work. Bob Wilson putting in the work. I mean, we had two Gorilla Biscuit shows. They sold out. We got crazy shows coming up later here. We can't wait to announce. It's going to be a busy year in 2023. But before 2023, let's finish out at Keystone Jam, and maybe at Chromags. And then after the holidays, you'll see us all at FYA, or we'll see each other together at Sheer Terror and The Chisel. Hardcore at this time is possibly, in to me, one of the best states because younger people are still coming in. And instead of being challenged or intimidated or 
kind of like that Mean Girls-esque cool guide, not outwardly threatened with like the rocker pulls the knife out and is a badass and then the teen movie. And that's a good thing. A lot of what you're going to hear in this podcast in discussion with us is the fact that the one of the reigning regimes at the time when all of us were finding hardcore shows was in fact a group of people who, because they had been going to shows for barely five years before we showed up, decided that they're the coolest guys in the whole world and they know everything and everybody else who's not in their clique kick chick rocks and aren't cool. And I'll leave a lot of the story out because we, we speak about it, but those kind of things aren't present in Philadelphia hardcore anymore. And the reason why they're not present in Philadelphia hardcore anymore is because those dickheads did put on such airs that we had to kind of come and take the fucking whole thing over. And despite internet people saying crazy shit about old Philadelphia, I still think Philadelphia has one of the best and most open scenes. So many young kids, so many inviting people. And and just it's just been on an all-time high of excitement for me to see these young bands keep coming up, new bands getting started. Fool's Game is literally tearing the fucking world apart now. So many awesome things coming because all those kind of attitudes no longer exist. So if you're a young kid and you're feeling yourself because you've been around a little bit longer than someone else, you know, maybe take a break and get these new kids coming in. Give them some shots. Stop worrying on Twitter. Stop talking about fishnet freaks and straight edge. Twitter is not the place for solid discourse. And it's kind of a just a weird thing to see people fall into these same traps. Uh, I should speak on 100 episodes. Yes, last week was absolutely ridiculous for me in terms of shit I had to do. And again, I can't stress to you that I had to literally wipe my computer of most of the programs that I had running and figure out how to make it so that way I can even get Reaper and the things I have for the podcast rolling. But um, Santa's Christmas list includes a, a new computer and a whole different setup. Obviously, this is the third time in 100 episodes where I did the podcast in person. First was episode three with Chris Beer, and then it was with Juice Main, Juice Murphy, in um probably was still within the first ten or twelve episodes. And then now. And all these people have been really close friends, but to also um accelerate the amount of podcasts that I can record, I'm going to be looking to probably do more one on one situations in 2023 that's going to be a new year's resolution to be set up to start being able to capitalize on bands coming through and pushing the podcast a little bit more so that way we have weekly podcasts no matter what can apologize over and over again because you've heard it but i'm working on my shit it's been a busy fucking year i had surgery on my arm we're back it's moving i could probably row a fucking boat in a couple fucking weeks who knows i've never rode a boat in my life but I just feel like saying that. And I'm back. We're going to make this shit better. And um, here is one of my moments where I get to hang out with two of my longest friends. Two people that I love to death. Two people who were older mentors, big brothers. 
And we've been through a lot of shit together and we lost a lot of people together. And to be able to sit down for hours and laugh and have fun and tell fun stories and talk about the past was a reward in itself. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. So let's go. So this is a crazy episode. I have yet to have two people in the same room. And in fact, the only reason why this is happening is because Jeff stressed the white boy made it possible. And uh, so welcome to the show, Diego and Slave of Freight Train. What's up, Joe? What's up, Joe? Thanks for having us. So for those listening, if I had to put in the pantheon of greatest best friends, dudes who are without a doubt in the ingredients that kept a young Joe Hardcore present, cognizant, and moving forward, it's these guys. Their band Freight Train would come as I was like 17, 18, and my life was not really in a good spot. And the chaos around our friendships and the group kind of spurned so much of what would be me in the mid-2000s. And what's interesting is both of these dudes are, in like if you want to put like, Uh, like an Olympics of great fathers, great husbands, successful men. And yet if we put that over a canvas of, oh, here's all the crazy shit we did in the 1990s, you almost would be perplexed to know that these same people were able to achieve what I call a normal life, a successful life, good home life, insane children that are now coming to our hardcore shows, which is fucking a mind blowing that you guys raised now second generation hardcore kids and I think I was very lucky not only to have you as a friends in that in those years, but also to have you guys return to my life as we're older and able to kind of enjoy it from a different perspective. So start off by just telling everyone the listeners that these are two people that I love with my entire heart. Wow. And I mean feelings mutual. Definitely feelings mutual. Which real quick before I forget, my daughters wanted me to tell you. They said hi. They said they're love. They always love you. They say, "Ah, oh, you're gonna see Joe." He's like, "Yeah, Joe. We love Joe. He's always so nice." See? Yeah. No. No. Um, dude. Uh, I mean, I appreciate everything you said, I and mean, you know the feelings mutual from the beginning. Uh, we always had each other's back uh, with anything, anything. What. Whatever it was, whatever it was, whether it was the music that we were listening to, the bands that we were getting into, uh, no, no one, no one, uh, no one can say anything about anyone in front of us. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things that <clears throat> I think what created our bond between all of our friends, right? Because like we we respected each other to the point where it's like, yeah, we're in this together, man, right? Yeah, and uh, and that's why we can. Not see each other forever, and then run into each other, and we didn't miss a beat. Yeah, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. And uh, I don't know, man. It, like we have a lot of stories. I'm sure people have heard or whatever, but they were all in the moment. It was like just this is usual. What it is, <laughs> yeah. what it was. Yo, wing night, fifteen. You know, ten cent wings. Let's go get it. To like, you know, go get tattooed. Yeah. You know, and just take the L everywhere and. We never had a ride anywhere. We always bum rides. We always, but we, no matter what, it was always about the shows. It was always about getting in and it was always about hanging out, which was cool. You know? So the thing that people who are listening have to understand is Philadelphia hardcore, when we were all finding it, was generated by a lot of suburban people. Yeah. And we were all real Philly cats. <laughs> and yeah. so 
our areas, for those who listened a couple episodes or more, that <clears> set the train station was in the heart of my neighborhood. So we were at the hub. And then the neighborhoods where all of our friends live, you had to get on a bus or a train to get downtown. Serendipitously, if there was one cool store in the entire neighborhood, this fucking slave worked at (laughs) way out, (laughs) way out. That's right. And like, and that was the one spot you could get a hardcore shirt in the entire area was slave shop. And for me, I was, I'm younger than you cat. So like there was straight edge, Chris, Chris Striegel, who, you know, he took the 66 bus, but he was up a way out. Yeah. There was a bunch of cats that like were just Northeast Philly dudes we weren't even cognizant at the time that there was Brick House, the band that came from the 80s. I only knew about it because when I I already knew you guys, but Brett McKenzie is Sean Money from Brick House's little brother. So it's like, oh, my brother was in Brick House. And I'm like, wait, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And then like you find out the Pagan Babies and, you know, like we fucked with Lime Cell. We didn't know about the arresting officers. Right. Like, right, so like right, right. we didn't realize in our own world, in our own Northeast Philly the heritage that Northeast Philly had, all we had at the time was that we probably didn't look like out of the book what a '90s hardcore kid looked like. We were grimier. Yeah. Uh, we we when we really I, I told it in different variations on the in the show when we all came and kind of formed like Voltron together. That downtown scene really didn't understand like where are all these people coming from, right? And then the fact that we're actually the real Philly. Yeah it really created a complete catalyst and like it fucked the whole city up. But to start it, I've always, I want to know something. Hmm. How did you start piercing? Did you just go to way out? Like, how did you like, I'm talking to slave here. And like, I met him standing behind the counter at way out. And just as like, he was always, and he made, he's now a lot more quiet and laid back. If you ever wanted to get chumped out, say something smart to this dude, and he's got ten. He's got ten loaded to chump you out. Like this if you dude's say the biggest shit talker, listen, man. He's got. He had a gold. He had a like, like the gold belt around him when like you almost didn't. You had to watch your words with him because he was able to fire back three right back. Quick, at you. the motherfucker was quick. I mean, and it didn't even have to be around shows. It was just always had the one liners of already. Like, yeah. I mean, and at any point, at any time, uh, the one night we went to uh, uh, yeah, that that club at Bainbridge, we were drinking. Uh, Latage, uh, Yolanda's, no, Yolanda's, uh, Leon. Yeah, some you know, a couple dudes were getting a little drunk, you know, whatever, talking shit. Everything was getting, everyone was starting to get all riled up, the, and you could tell like the one girl was like, you know, starting shit. This motherfucker comes comes up and goes, yo. Why don't you says to the chick? Why don't you take the tape off your dick and put it over your mouth? And <laughs> yo, and everyone's just like, "This wow. dude is nuts." We everyone forgot that we were about to fuck these dudes up. <laughs> everyone forgot about being mad. They were just laughing their asses off because this dude out of nowhere was just like, "Take that tape off your dick and put it on your mouth. Shut the fuck up." And we're like, "Oh, this dude is wild." But he, we were with that. I mean. You also brought that on the stage too, which was fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it was part of it because we didn't care. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't care. It was always about talking shit. Yo, you guys talk. Even back then with AOL in the chat rooms, we were always like, yo, we're cutting the AOL wire. Yeah. Yo, fuck <laughs> you guys. Like it was always talking shit. But that was that was what was what made everything so fucking fun back then. Yeah. Now know? the answer to your question. Sorry. The, nah, it's all good. <laughs> the 
the Pearson thing came up, I met these cats up in North Jersey, where ironically Rick to life was getting uh, tattooed, he was getting piercing. So I met these cats. It was a place called Pleasurable Piercing, and it was like the biggest place at the time. And um, I don't know. They they thought I was older than what I was. I was in high school, and I started going up there, asking them questions. And um, they started coming down. They saw the shop. We started buying stuff from them, and they kind of just taught me how to do it. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to sell your stuff, and we're also going to do piercing. And they were cool with it. And that's kind of how I met the guys from North Jersey. This is before, like, tattooing really got popular or piercing. And then the only place downtown at the time, I don't know if you'll remember it, but it was a place called the Leather Rose. And there was a guy named uh, John Paul there. It was, like, one of the first piercing places. And that place was the real deal. The Leather Rose was, like, a a bondage shop, really. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah, it was the only place to get pierced. And then that was, like, before Infinite. It was was right around the same time, you know. So it really was the only spot, but as quickly as it came, it went right back out. And then we started getting into tattooing. Nah, it's always been an interesting thing because it's like, you can see as you walk in, like that was a hardcore store comparative to anything else in the area. And it's just, you got to understand, it's a strip mall. Right now, if you go there on Saturday, Sunday, halal trucks and f- it's halal trucks. It's every, it's every nationality because the Northeast Philly is honestly has some of the most diverse zip codes in the country now it's it's like constantly being brought up as a statistic but at the time it was like that mall that you went to where champions was for the headbangers and i brought this up on another episode is we knew about the headbangers and that that crew member grim they'd be like yo grim yo yo grim yeah (laughs) yeah, that's right grim is guys really in the metal music yo dudes (laughs) say that again guys really in the metal music grim so now we know what i never know i never yeah yeah yeah. max used to always tell me yo (laughs) guys really guys really in the metal music it's fucking hard as shit it was the hardest crew in the northeast actually that's the crew that really put Northeast Philly on the map because at the time you got to remember there was the cell block, yeah. there was like all these the places. That's where me and Chris met up because I was allowed to go to all ages shows because Patsky was booking metal shows and she's like, yeah. "We'll let you go to the cell block." It's yeah. funny. We, at the at the video shoot at Sharky's, I, me and Barletti were talking and we were talking about the cell block and we we're we we're talking about some 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 wild nights, shit. some wild shit, man. And the cell block was fucked up because. You had the box. You had the box. It was only like a width of like maybe three feet. Yeah. And everyone would be piled in. It was instant fights, no matter what it was. The cell block was The cell block had- The cage. Well, it had a cage. There was a chain link fence that separated the pit from the bar. Yeah. So people would climb up the fence and stage dive backwards into the crowd. So instead of people stage diving towards you, it was coming from behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Super crazy. It didn't last long, but that no. place was awesome. And that was in another weird strip mall off the highway. Yeah. We had to take the bus and hoof it, but it was worth it. And the thing is, is like when you see shit on the internet now, everybody has the coolest clothes, the new shirt. Dude, we were fucked up. Fucked like, up. You know, um, and I was from Frankfurt, but rolling with Junietta dudes. You guys were rolling up in fucking Parkway, but you're from fuck or Parkwood, but you're from fucking Feltonville. Yeah. And you and Max didn't speak English all the time. No, right. And then I was like, hold up. Yeah. And the only thing, the first time I remember, they're like, yo, I remember we were going up to this Parkwood house show, and they're like, Philly boot boys are going to be here tonight. And I'm like, yo, the boot boys? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that shit, you know, like, I'm like, that shit's hard. Like, uh, well, 
Well, that was like the first time that I saw all you cats all together, and it was like it was um what's his name Big Matt, you yeah. know like yeah yeah Big Matt. I think it was right? at Colin's house was actually his show. Yeah, uh, dude, uh, dude. Well, at the time of because Colin used to have uh, Colin Paluzas. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because his mom <laughs> would is let Colin him throw. Colin from Ubisoft and Colin yeah. from he plays in H2O sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He's actually a really great HVAC dude now. So congratulations yeah. to Colin from moving on from H2O yeah, we to played, HVAC. We dude, you know what's funny? Show. I got it somewhere too. There's a a, a flyer that pass through of of because max's band at the time was called afterbirth cocktail yeah and that was when jane santa was singing for ubisoft yep and because i'll never forget they did a, a rage song and it was at colin's mom's house you know because we all lived with our parents and and yo it, it, we almost fucked up the whole basement but it was a great time and and it's funny because um it's parkwood though it's like hills it was parkwood it's weird garages it's yes. not no it's, for anyone no. listening it's not like a big area so it's nah, a weird no, no. idea it was a row a, home yeah it literally was, it was a row home yeah and it's just bizarre that that's where shows were at yeah but it you know it, it you know talking about um feltonville um max then with matt and Kess had that band uh, two four oh four, which I bought the tape of, and right. was like, "This is the sickest fucking." Right. Day. So and and that's how that's so they had this dude named Arnie, uh, guitar, and he did like two songs or one of the songs to a good dude. He's like from I don't know what he is where he is now, but he he was from uh, Austria or some shit. Had like an accent, you know, good dude. Boys he, he was like that dude that like everything was like perfect, the, the, perfect like the like skin dude, but but he was a good dude, right? And he was like, uh, yo, hardcore show, hardcore show, you want to go? You want to go? I was like, fuck it, I'll go, yeah. And it was uh, Fury of Five, 25 Life at Dobbs. Yep. And that was when I first was like, whoa. That was a Saturday matinee. That was a Saturday matinee. Stickman beat up the security. He said, if you don't want to give us respect, we're going to take Dude. it. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, I yeah. want in. Because I was finding myself where I was too, too much into the street. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And 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 I was like, all right, I'm gonna get I it. should mark out that Feltonville was never I've never seen a white person really live in live in Feltonville really. It and but it was on the border of the neighborhoods where it was mostly white. Yes. So if you walked as a white boy into yeah. Feltonville, there might have been problems back then. Yeah. Via this, there's skinhead dudes who spoke Portuguese, yeah, and we're like, fine. wait, what's going on here? Like, how, right, right. How, how the fuck is this? And you go to Diego's house or something, yeah. and your mom's like yelling at you. I'm like, what's yeah. going on here? How are these cats? How are we rolling with these cats? Yeah, no, and 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 at, and at that time, the the guys Mike Beans, I was yeah. hanging out with. Yeah, they, you all you knew from playing hockey and yeah. shit. So so, and that's where like it all started meshing for me because I was like, yo, I, I got it. I'm done with stealing cars. I'm done with fucking all that bullshit. I need to do something else, right? So, because I needed some kind of fucking release, right? I had all this fucking, and that's when I started going to shows. That's where I met, I started hanging out with the Junietta dudes, and well, we all met. Junietta dudes were at one point only dating Parkwood girls. Yes. So what would happen <laughs> yes. is, is we would all go up in these buses because they, there's no good looking Junietta girls that these guys hadn't banged out at the time. But they started finding these Catholic school girls from the Parkwood area. And these Ryan, Catholic, Ryan girls. Well, it was Ryan girls and North Catholic dudes. Yeah. And we're all crumbs from public school, yeah. but we're homies. Yeah. So we would all roll up. And it was, like to me, a mission. I'm like, is this Philadelphia? Is that? Are we sure? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be Frankfurt Junietta dudes in Parkwood, but there's Feltonville skinhead dudes who speak right. Spanish. And we're like, right. somehow. And then there was Bristol dudes who would come down sometimes. Right. It was like just a mix of human beings. 
that had nothing to do with Center City. Nothing to do with because then yeah. then then intoxicated would play in those Unity, uh, not Unity. Uh, oh yeah, this dude at the, the Y. Yo yo, they, they the started threshold. A, threshold. They started a ride at the Y in Frankfurt. Yeah, you remember that? Yo, these fucking so here, guys. They, they ruined it for everybody. So Threshold played. This is a band Slave was in. He had a screen printed flyer, which was the illest shit with that Threshold logo. Yeah, that was, was also on your drums. <laughs> Yeah. Which is the illest shit that you had the logo and then the drum. So it's at the Frankfurt Y, which obviously we've talked about it with Deuce. Wait, from- wait, a quick backstory. Yeah, sure. This sure. is this is I don't know if you know this. I probably don't. But do you know how we got on that show? Uh no, not at all. I was doing community service at the Y. <laughs> at the Margaret <laughs> oh, Orthodox Y. This dude. That Harris summer. Street. That summer, because we were stealing cars. I got locked up. <laughs> And I was doing community <laughs> service, so they were like, "We're going to have this battle of the bands." And flu I was like, block. "Well, I was like, <laughs> flu block, flu block." Remember flu block? Okay, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why when we're done the story because it's super funny. But it's flu block, threshold, U.S. expulsion, and intoxicated, right? And uh, disunion, Sean Stenson. D- yeah, shout that, out. Yep, fuck yeah. And so this is like all the neighborhood kids. Now listen, there were some shows at a church in Kensington. There was like a couple shows out in Frankfurt. There was like I always say it like. The Frankfurt High kids didn't know hardcore. They were all like Nirvana nerds, which is why I hate all that shit even to this day. But they had shows up in Frankfurt on Pratt Street. So we would go up to them, Caster and Pratt. And we did a couple later on with like Second to None and Clubber Lang and Freight Train later. That's right. That's obviously. Right, that's right. But like we all came from these feeder things of weird shows that weren't like the big shows. But this might have been the first big show where like Everybody came out, like everybody. The yeah, Frank, like, Frankfurt dudes came out, Junetta came out, everybody from the West kids came out, all the Northeast 66 kids who would take the train down. Like, it's insane. Everybody came out, and um, Threshold started the ruckus. Well, we were we were actually the closing band, I remember. Yes, we were headlined, yeah, because you had the you had the screen print logo, well, they well, and, and we had the backdrop. Yeah. Remember, we had the backdrop. <laughs> Oh, dude, Hollywood. it was crazy. It was in the Hollywood. gym. Like, that's what I'm saying with this dude. Even from back then, everything was Hollywood. Well, so wait, the backstory is, so I'm, I'm working there. I'm doing community service, and they're having a battle of the bands. And I was like, oh, I got this band. Can we play? And they're like, sure. And somehow we, like, talked our way into headlining. And it's like every goon from the neighborhood showed up and destroyed the place. Well, destroyed the place. So Jerry from Kensington, before he was in Kensington, he lived on my mom's block, 10 houses. He played drums in Flublunk. Jerry's father thought he was going to stop the fight. Oh, and shit, Jerry's yeah. dad caught it. And so the next day, it's that was a Saturday night. That Sunday, Bull's whole eye was just fucking swollen. And I'm down the block going, oh, shit, Jerry's dad got it last <laughs> oh, night. Fuck. And yeah. then, like, I would see him at the 7-Eleven and not bring it up. Like, all right, we're just going <laughs> to not bring it up that your dad got beat the fuck up by all of us. Damn, dude. Yo, shout, shout out to Jerry. because Jerry, uh, Jerry, he Jerry was a, the he's man. He's a great, great drummer. Great kid, uh, that band was awesome because they were playing all the time. Dude, they were so. Dude, so the, well, they played here. the church with Suburban Hoods. I yo, mean, uh, Unity Street. Yo, there was two kinds of bands: dudes that could play music and the goons. And that's yeah. really and like you well, don't right. see that as much now. Like, well, that's what intoxicated yeah, was. Like the goons. Yeah, it's goons. <laughs> like, and you think about it now, it's like you look at the guys in these bands, and you think about it like Flublunk were all. Every one of them was accomplished musicians. They were through super and through. talented. Yeah, they were like, and they would do like Rush cover songs. They <laughs> were so very, fun. that's awesome. Yeah, very, so much. They were very good. 
<laughs> versus intoxicated. Tonight we're gonna fuck yeah. shit up. Yeah. Yeah. I want yeah. you yeah. to fuck shit, shit up. up. <laughs> everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone. Well, well, they knew they knew it because they would open up with the uh, One Life Crew yep. stop into that, and that was it. Yeah, it, it was over. It was over. You're not yeah. following them. No, no matter what rush no, cover no, no. you got. Yeah, fucking Fisher on the base yeah. crushing it. Yeah. No, no, no. Plus, those dudes had beards before everybody else did. Yeah, yeah they were like, like grown like, men. Yeah, they looked they like scared. So I would say beards always like, damn, they're grown ups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. And here they were fucking younger than us. Yeah, but that's actually that's so that show at the Y, the Margaret Orthodox show. Um, that's where I met everyone. Yeah, met you, Bushy, and it was after that because. What was uh, what was cool about that show is I, I think it was like October of November of everyone's like freshman year. Yeah. So not only did you have all the neighborhood kids, but we all went to different high schools. So it was all the friends of friends at the at the show. And I think it was like maybe it was like right after that show, everyone started coming around a lot more. Yeah. Remember we would get on the when we got the train to go to see the casualties in that squat. And it like got to the point where like the septic guys weren't gonna. You might not have yeah. been there, but the, we had it. We had a set. We had a septic L car so full that septic was like stopping at the thing, being like, "We're gonna not let this go if this continues." Nah. Before we even got down there, <laughs> and it was what's crazy is it's third in Hancock, which is like gentrified as fuck now. And we went down to see Cowsies and Bond Society, but because of those shows and what you're saying, everybody started linking up, and it yeah. was like a force. And then it was like. Those holy in shows, like anywhere you went, it was a squad. And then like the younger brothers, like it's crazy to call like Jay Bush a younger brother, yeah, but like yeah. the Jay Bush and the BTU kids came yeah, in. Like yeah, yeah. there was like younger bulls and like George Hurst started coming yeah, around, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. and then they had like the Amber dudes came a little bit later, but they were always around as like the McHenry Beans and like they're like, Oh, we're in this too. Like yeah. it, it really became like a, a community of dudes who we all lived in real neighborhoods and we all kind of congealed around that time and it's crazy that we're all still friends that i mean the 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 from the real from real neighborhoods is the glue that always kept everything between us all together yeah and that's probably what what got us to to uh, i don't know like make the mark in yeah. philly hardcore right because like we were all like in the beginning we we're all like like it, it always felt like people would put their nose up to us because we were from the neighborhood. Yeah, neighborhood. Right? We weren't like cool, you know, the part of that that city scene. You know what I mean? Oh, and the, and well, the thing is, like, that city scene ended up being because you got to remember, I'm younger, so I thought everybody was just like, all right, well, they're from the city. It's like yeah. then you start, oh, well, this pussy's from Jersey. And the minute you say Jersey, yeah, 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 yeah. bro, yeah. I'm not even respect. You're out. Like, you no, know, you're out. Unless you're, you're out. actually in Fury of Five or each yeah. on a real hard band, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're not one of them dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a real yeah, Philly yeah. dude. Like, and you start picking around, you realize, oh, half of the hardcore dudes are fucking suburb nerds. So fuck them. And then, and it, and it, and he's playing this off, Diego. He's playing this off well. Like Diego was all, like known pretty quickly. Like, oh, he's gonna punch somebody one time. You know, he got kicked in the face by a horse. That story got went around, and he also lied and said he didn't have a car. Remember, you used to drive around that crazy ass Hugo and pick me up at my mom's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this thing yeah. was barely big enough. I for paid two hundred dollars for that fucking thing. Hugo, <laughs> yo, eighty. It was a nineteen eighty eight Hugo. I had fucking like three gears. Yeah, literally. But at the time, like that's yo, what it was. Yo, yo, it got us around. Yeah, no, it got us around. It got us around. And 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 yeah, I mean, look at, at the time, it was just what what we did to get by, right? So yeah. if it was an, a Yugo 
or a car with no ignition. Yeah. He had to get around. Had to get around. You know? Uh, Remember uh, Bushy's uh, cousin, Paul, with the roach coach? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Sometimes he's got to whip around. Right, and, and, and same thing with that... Talk, you touched on the uh, horse. You know, I told that story today because <laughs> guys on the jobs were talking about horses because uh, the one dude's on the jobs, his granddaughter goes riding. We're talking about horses. Like, yeah, I don't fuck with horses. Like, oh, why not? I mean, what, what would they do to you? I was like, I got kicked by one. I'm like, I get the fuck out of here. I'm like, nah, dude, I got kicked in the fucking head. Yeah. Nah, no way. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm telling you right now, motherfucker. You got me right here. Boom, boom, boom. And he's like, yo, what happened? I was like, Oh, it's my eye got shot. You're like, yeah, oh, your, fuck, your you didn't eye get was that. swollen up. Yeah, it was swollen like a motherfucker. But that was it. Rick over the yeah, back. yeah, I smashed the motherfucker <laughs> because, but like, I, I didn't know, right? So, so the knee jerk reaction is retaliate, right? Well, how am I going to get this motherfucker? It's a thoroughbred racehorse, and no one's around. No one's around. Fuck it. I had grabbed the rake, wham, right in the fucking neck, and the motherfucker didn't even <laughs> went right back to the carrots. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I and I and I still never got my revenge in that fucking thing. It's, yeah, I, mean, oh, I love animals, but I'm just saying I had to get my revenge. And fuck that one specific. Yeah, that motherfucker, dude. I remember I went to go get sunglasses because because you know I had to work still, right? I had to get sunglasses, and uh, I'm telling you, the fucking jobs I picked up just so I didn't have to go to the street and steal, yeah. right? And uh, I go, to, honey, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get beat up? Nah, I got kicked in the head by a horse. Like, whoa, sit down, sit down. You good? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That was it. I, I think I quit after that. I think, and and you guys could probably speak on it better. It was a weird time because, like, you talked on like the Twenty Five Delight Fury show. Yeah, there were cats from the city there, like our boy Chris Doc. Uh, obviously big jonathan best. bushy like yeah, yeah that was a beginning of like our real yeah. squad forming around yeah. but a lot of them cats from the philly the the philly scene besides robbie was selling the one life crew demos mm -hmm. they were waiting for money money bosses h2o that night that was like the later john yeah, yeah but we gravitated towards all the heavier shit and actually slave has a big part of it because slave was the one like yo you were wearing all the earth crisis shit because mm -hmm. and it makes more sense now that you brought up the north jersey shit because you were hip to like some of the shit that the philly people weren't yet and i remember always seeing it a way out like you yeah. were you were tying in before a lot of people were to like yo this is what's up here like all i had was jersey bob to tell me about that shit yeah well the store that i worked at they had a link in new york so there was like yellow rap bastard there was a couple other stores that we would be purchaser for like you know it, it was anything from like noir leather yellow rap bastard that was like when vice magazine first came out so it was like it was just in our face so it was, if it was something cool we would pick it up but like i said the the pearson shop pleasurable they were hip talk because everyone was going there that's when like pearson was really blowing up and they put us onto a lot of stuff um like that's like the first place where we heard like af like it was still new to us we we're like oh who the Who's this? And but they were like, well, these are neighborhood guys. These are guys that live, you know, right over the bridge or over here. They're over there. Um, so that's how we were put onto that. But like, yeah, the when the Earth Crisis stuff started coming out, that was yeah, he that he was, he was hard on popping that strike. Like we were big on the on on metal. Yeah, so super. Oh, so we were all metal. So yeah, when that's it, like so when the bands like Fury and all like hit those riffs, we're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Because you had you. What was that band? DTL. What, what was that band that you had? Back I, when you had long the, I never say the name of the band. Because it's just funny. Never that. I always say my first band. That's what's so really. It's, yeah, it's, I literally like. It's one of my great things, and I, it's funny to say. Like I literally. It was, I damn, he, he almost played. spilled the beans. No, 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 no. It's funny. No, so, no. so we had Ron Dog singing. 
Yes, it was. So it was Rondo by China in Chinatown. That's the beginning of me and Mark. The first, what happened is, is I went there with beans to see this. It. This fucking Jamie Davis motherfucker had hair down dude, his ass, longest <laughs> hair. This this Jamie Davis, we started linking up because of Bushy. Because Bushy was hanging downtown, we would go to bother Jamie Davis because he lived up on top of Condom Kingdom. Yeah, I remember. And that. so Jamie was like, "You got to listen to Max Capelli." Like he was putting us on Jamie. Without him, I wouldn't listen to half of the hardcore that I did. So I go to see Max on penalty at the friends in front of nobody, and I said something stupid. Because this guy had done the fucking threshold show. And I'm like, dude, get some of our neighborhood bands. We'll pack this whole fucking place out. And I, I said this every million times. He gave us like 60 of these, like, you know, like the thick cards from Monopoly, the community chess yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. He's like, get four bands. You got to sell all of these. And I said, Mark. And Mark was the North Catholic. So he picked US Expulsion and we got one Frankfurt band, like Dimension Nine or one of them. And the band, blank, blank, blank. We were the opener, and we were trash, straight trash. We weren't even like. But the friends was awesome. Yo, the friends. The friends was the shit. So here's the deal: is from that point onward, the dude Mike who gave us the cards, he let more shows happen, and more shows happen, and that was kind of like our our breeding ground. But I never count that in the discography, like the Joe Hardcore shows. Because I wasn't fully doing it. It was like, you know, like Vex's band would play. Vex, Vex and Asset would play. And they'd be like, yo, do you guys want to open? And since Ron Dog rolled with these big girl goth johns, we were always down on Yolanda's. We were always at Asylum. And we were always rolling with the goth girls on <laughs> Lombard Street. This dude but brought up Yolanda's, dude. Yo, but yeah. see, damn. You got to remember, is I wasn't allowed to have Yolanda's because it was 21 plus, but I could sit outside. But that's where Yeah, but they had that all ages goth night that that's we used the to go night, to. That's the only night you could go to. Because yeah. Asylum closed and Patrick got it to be all ages. Because, and I always say this in the thing. I went it was to Sunday shows. Night, right? I went to ska night. shows. Yeah. I went to ska <laughs> shows and goth shows. There's only hot Johns out there. Yeah. Because the ska girls would wear the, the skirts and the goth girls always had it. Wow. So, but Ron Dog had the in with the goth girls and then that ACID band, the dude Steve and the other cat, they always roll with goth. I'm like, I don't care what they sound like. I'm fucking, we're rolling with goth girls. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking in. Well, I'll tell you this. I always, uh, you know, Always hung out with the older, like older squad, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, Sean Roach. Yeah. Used to take me to uh, Asylum. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the shit. At like, the so height. I would I would wear a hat. They never they never ID me because I guess I'm fuck. I look old, right? When I was twenty, and yo, it was. Asylum was the shit. Yeah. It was. Asylum was the shit. Um, well, we got a lot of slack because we used to go to the hardcore shows. And then beeline it to Babylon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys, always, yeah, yeah. you guys were always. You guys were always at the dance to yeah. where to go get the girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, yeah. like and that was the thing. Like there was no chicks at the hardcore show, so we were like, all right, well, we're just going to go to, you know, the dance clubs, which would be like uh, it was Babylon, Maui, Shampoo. We yeah. were always at Shampoo. Well, dude, and that was when we we had Trevor with us. So to reel that dude in after a couple of drinks, that was that was that was yeah, that was a mission. No, it's like it's it's a funny thing because talking about this now, like the the kids who are in their twenties won't really get it, but like you had to physically meet everybody, yeah. and you didn't know them from the internet. So then, like Diego had a squad for a minute, Slave had a squad for a minute, and we pulled all into one. And then next thing you know is like more people are popping up, yeah. and more people are popping up. Like I guess this guy with the squad now, then this guy's with the squad yeah. now. Like, and yeah. then it was like gremlins. Yo, literally, we just kept multiplying. But there was like 
old head squad, mm-hmm. young ball squad. Yeah. You know, like, and you guys are old head squad. Yeah. Me, George, and it's Steve Ferrero. Ferrero. Yeah, we were more young boy squad, and Bushy floated between it because he floated yeah. between all the circles. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, it. Steve was the he was. I don't know. To me, he was like the curator because yeah. I remember after that Frankfurt show, he came into my work and we were chopping it up, and he was like, "Yo, I'm going to this other show this weekend. You should roll with." And I was like, "Man, I don't know. I don't really know those dudes." He's like, "No, no, no. We're friends now. Like this is it. We're friends, and you're coming with me." And they're our friends. Like, that's yeah. how it works. And uh, Chris uh, Striegel and I, we went to the same high school together. So then it was like, all right, well, well, I'm bringing Chris. And then it was me, Chris, Bushy. We link up with you. And then, it, like, it happened over time, but it was organic. Yeah, Where absolutely. it was just like, it just, our crowd just kept on getting bigger and bigger. But it was necessary because at the time we were going to shows, you know, independent from, like, having, like, all, all the friends and we were getting fucked with. Absolutely. And it was it was a hard time to go to shows. A very hard time. And especially by yourself when you're 14, 15 years old. Absolutely. And it was that same approach that you, the way you guys linked up was how I got brought in. Yeah. Because I was outside looking in. And it's like, no, hold on, Holmes. Because, again, Beans knowing you yep. through fucking hockey. You know, and that's how I met you. And and then through through you... You know, we met Bushy, and it was all, and then that's when we all, and then he hit me with, like, like I was like, ah, I don't know, man. These dudes, like, fuck that. They got beef with you. They got beef with me. And it was, from then on, we never looked back. Yeah. And it was always that approach, like, fuck off. Yeah, you it's like, I mean? or this was our group. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and it, it did feel, and, and maybe it's not, like, through younger eyes or, like, hindsight, the people who were hardcore, with the exception of the bad luck and some of the, the two street dudes... They came with this fucking pro- propriety attitude, like, who are you to be here? 100%. And it was like, yo, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like, I went he, up he, our ass. Yeah, man. like, oh. like what, are you, what are you trying to say here, cuz? Like, and I've always said it, and it's like, there's a hardcore tough, which means you'll fight till the bouncer kicks you out. Yeah. But you get outside the show, and 10 times out of 10, the guy who's got the mouth back then ducked, hidden their friends, or didn't want the problem. Well, we didn't even get, we, we never even let it get to that. Yeah. It was kind of like, Fuck this dude. And yeah. it was on. And I mean, that's why our balls always got broken at the truck, oh, you know, and all that shit. I mean, it, as soon as we rolled in, they knew they were going to have a rough night. Yeah. Because it was like, yo, like we're here to watch the show, but if it goes down, it it's is what it is. Yeah, it's right. Be what it is. Because a lot of people did put their nose up to us because we were just these kids from the neighborhood. We don't know nobody. You know what I mean? And well, and, even before that, like, you know, you would go to a show. Like, like I remember so many shows where it's like, it would just be like you and Bushy there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck, dude, we're outnumbered, man. Yeah. And, and like, and they would deliberately fuck with you. Why? Because yeah. you were 14, yeah. 15. Right. You deliberately get fucked with, you would be waiting for the boss outside. They fuck with you there. You get on the Yeah, hour, me and Bushy got beat up there. at uh, SNFU and Bouncing Souls at the truck. <laughs> oh, dude. Because Bushy's like, he's like going, <laughs> fuck City Gardens. We should have said that. <laughs> well, he was wild, yeah, too. Yeah, Dude, me and him went to... uh What's that? Um, uh, Deftones at the TLA. And Bushy was rocking a, a One Life Crew shirt. Yeah. Mosh and whatever, dude grabs his shirt, rips it accidentally. Yeah. This dude was like, this motherfucker ripped my One Life Crew shirt. And it was on. <laughs> and it didn't matter. No. Because yeah. you ripped his fucking One Life Crew shirt. He huh? also knocked over an HMV rack 
when Deftones did the in store. <laughs> Fucking awesome. He went hard for Deftones, bro. I Fucking love Deftones. Yo, yo, back but, then they were they were the band though. Yeah, like, yeah. I tell kids now, like people are like, yo, I'm like, I'm telling you. Motherfuckers got ninja kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to Shane from uh, Upper Darby. We were at the Kyber. Dude was Shame. shirtless throwing people for Handsome and Deftones at the Kyber. Damn, they were, Shane, Yeah, they dude. were good. The first, the first couple runs they had in Philly were awesome. But, like, even even back then, the sh- to tell you how bad the shows were, like, I remember um, at the Dead Milkman, someone got stabbed. Yeah. At the truck. No, because And they, that was, like, Dead Milkman. Like, yeah. How, how could that even happen? So it was necessary to have a lot of people with you, had you. To. like you didn't roll by yourself and half the time like our parents didn't know where we were we would nah. just you know jump on the l and go downtown and then but you know like having striegel by your side chris x whatever yeah. whatever he's yeah. known by yeah call him whatever yeah but like do you remember you used to work at that cookie shop at the gallery and shit yeah. says yeah. he banged some girl in the freezer there one time i wouldn't doubt it now that's so, another slayer although although yo do you remember him working at the Fudgery in Franklin Mills? Absolutely. He denies it. Stop this. Go Let me ahead. put this out. So the Franklin Mills, when it opened, <laughs> we got to talk about this because you guys know. John McCann, public urination singer, who's now known as the Philly Captain. Do you know John McCann? Yeah, remember Pub- yeah of course. So he's like a YouTube star. He goes to the Philly yeah, the Fox now. Yeah, yeah. The Philly Captain. This cat, him and that fucking Bushy and that Striegel... We would go to Frank Franklin Mills once a week. One, they're all on the. They all had this. There's a a stationary ski thing they were selling when the mall was hot. They all would work yeah. there. They would get fired. <laughs> then they would work at the fudgery. They would get fired every time you go to a mall. Steve's working somewhere. Chris is working somewhere. Yeah. John's working somewhere. And all three of them are smashing Johns the whole time. Well, like. Well, Bushy right. used to work at the wrestling. That came kiosk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, eventually the got the kiosk, <laughs> and then he, when he got the kiosk. That was it. You knew to find Bushy. It was like a scene out of like the uh, one of them like um, Guy Ritchie movies. Like you went to the mall to talk to Bushy, yeah, yeah, and he's sitting yeah. there talking, and the whole time he's talking shit. Fuck you! What'd you say, pussy? Wait till I get off break, and you're like, wait, what's why are you gonna fight in the mall? Well, and that was before. Well, it, same thing. It was before you know cell phones and all that yeah. shit. So like you had you to had go to, to the mall, and you had to find your your people. So Chris worked there, Bushy <laughs> worked there, I worked at the other yeah. mall, and we were all within arm's length or at least a bus ride from yeah. each other. So we were always pretty close by. But yeah, Chris worked there. But before he Chris worked there, it, though, he was he fucking denies there. It. Yeah. He was there. Yeah, I was like, I'm, yo, no, you worked at the church. like, nah, he nah. 100% there. And before, <laughs> when I met him, he worked at Carvel. Yes, he did. Yeah. <sighs> and he used to come fell. to my work. He used to bring cupcakes for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we would, Do you remember we the flag shop at Franklin Mills? Dude. Dude, that was the shit. What was it? The flag shop. Because yeah. then you oh, had the flag, fudgery, the flag shop, and then Swatch. Yep. Swatch was on the corner. Yeah. But you know it's great because we're you know we're talking about Chris Regal, Bushy, and yo, you can call them right now or you can run into them right now, and those dudes are the same fucking solid. dudes. Yeah, absolutely, that's how solid wait, this squad was. The best same story dudes. is is so when we first hooked up, all of us, we actually had a crew before Nine Circle. Yeah, FSU. Yeah, we caught ourselves because FSU. because the Intoxicated song. Fuck and, shit up. And then were you at the were you at the church with us? Yes. <laughs> and we saw the Boston FSU dudes. They were like, mad. They were mad. <laughs> but we're like kids. We're yeah. like kids. Well, the thing is, when they realized we were like 14, they were like, you guys just gotta come up with a different name. Yeah. And literally, we're like, we're okay. like, all right, cool, we'll do yeah, it. Yeah. And then and then me because there was JBC, Juniata Brew Crew. 
which is the dudes who weren't in FSU. That's right. Jay Bush created BTU better than you. <laughs> like, there's yeah. all these, like, oh, shit, like, little crews already starting. But, yeah. Well, dude, I remember. So I was at Way Out, and Striegel comes by, and we made, uh, we just got, like, these black bandanas in, and we had, like, this old English font, like, with the iron yeah. press. Dude, we made all this FSU shit, bandanas, straight edge shit. <laughs> and we're like, yo, yeah. this is fucking hard. And then, like, I think Bushy came in and was like, yeah, dude, we're, we can't call ourselves FSU anymore. We're like, why? And we're like, it's another crew. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't <laughs> yeah. know. We, we didn't know nothing about Boston. But again, right? Yeah, like, before internet, yeah. before cell phones, you only had pagers. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, we didn't nobody know, right? knew. To nobody us, knew. Boston was like, fuck, it might as well be fucking, uh, you yeah, know. We knew, no, we but knew, the yo, fact. We knew slap shot. We knew yeah, the band. Yeah. We, didn't, we never saw an no, FSU team. No. And but was, the fact that they came down to Philly. It was 454 Big Block played yeah. the church. And then we were like, looking at Nathan, we're like, Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and then what? Because we were so young, you were yeah. just like, "Dude, come, come on, on with another come name." On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that crew was like, I think that's really what that started. was the starting. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was the starting. Start. That was that yeah. was the starting point. And I think it, it, the organic thing is weird now because nobody has that feeling out process because now you, oh, this guy, I see this guy show, I'm gonna click and hit follow, and then you're like. Are you supposed to follow him? Do you like the guy? Do you know the guy? Like, I wouldn't even know how to make a friend now yeah. in the modern world because of what it entails. Whereas we would just roll with each other. Or like, so one time, one time we ended up on a bus, the fucking shuttle bus coming home. It's me, Carmen, Kit, and some of the Frankfurt dudes. Steve Bush gets on. And he starts just riddling you with questions. Oh, you ever hear this man? You ever hear that man? Yeah, next thing you know, we're friends. Because we spent the entire train getting yeah, to know, know each, each other. other. He's like, I get up at Churchy. Where you guys are? Bridget Price. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then next thing yeah. you know, boom. Then when Carmen moved to the neighborhood, he was with us. And Bush like, Carmen, you live on that? He's like, yeah, my mom lives there. And I'm like, how the fuck does he know Bushy knows where his mom lives? Yeah. Like, we thought he was a Frankfurt dude. Here it turns out Carmen was a junior dude. I'm like, Carmen, for junior? He's like, well, yeah, no, I live in Frankfurt. I'm like, what the fuck? You yeah. live in the neighborhood? Like, but that's the weird shit. And then, like, I always bring up, because it's important, you brought him up before, Jason and Sana. Like, those dudes were in bands. Mm -hmm. Like, those dudes, like, and then we had Shane from Four Life, did the Jersey Bob and the Deans and all them. Like, we slowly circled out because all of those cats were all into the heavier hardcore yes. stuff. Not that we didn't listen to the other No, stuff, no. But no. we were all into that hard shit, the aggressive shit. And there was also a fuck you element because, hey, a lot of the older stuff, those bands weren't playing anymore. No, right. I mean, we had a crazy night at that Fear show at the TLA. That was, like, nuts. But like all the bands from Philly, there was all else failed. There was like the beginnings of the snail trail shit. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a traditional hardcore band, except unless you would count Vision. They were the only band like local that was like they would sound like it, you know, like yeah. yeah. But I think I, you know, speaking for like all of us, I mean, we didn't get into that quote unquote traditional hardcore until like way later. Like yeah, all we were that, into the metal we're shit, into and the then metal shit. we had to slowly. Get told, and then it'd be like, hang out, and then be told, you missed it. You don't know who Pagan Baby, like Dennis, yeah. you never seen Pagan Babies. Yeah. You never, and you're like, damn, Dennis, like, you know, it felt like, I, I would say, I felt like I fucking, like, damn, I missed everything. Yeah. What the fuck? Man? Yeah, but all that stuff missed me. But all that youth crew stuff. At all the same that. time, though, us being in the metal shit, we, we got in at the right moment. That was when Earth Crisis was crushing it. Like I said, it was Biohazard. Was that Biohazard. 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 There was all these Yo, bands that, that had Earth that Crisis fucking metal. Water together would play dude, with Manball. Like, dude, to this then, day, you put on that fucking Fury, first Fury. Come on, dude. Those who want some, come and get it. Fuck. 
Dude, it's, dude that, I, I fucking beat the balls off that thing because that was the shit. And then that's when you started to hear all that other stuff. So, so yo, even 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 VOD when that album came out, come oh, on, forget dude, about it. forget about yo, it. Yo, Marauder, come Marauder. on, man. Well, and that's the that thing. Was I mean, the we shit. Saw, like there were some like really back to back shows that I think not only made our friendship greater, but the for hardcore music like that VOD church show. Forget oh, it. Oh my god, dude, In, come absolutely on. Insane. insane. And I think for a lot of people, when you bring it up, they're like, yeah, that's pretty much. The show that changed my life. You yeah, know what because I mean? that was like, if you didn't feel that, you're crazy. It was absolutely. Dude, there, I'm getting chills. To yo, put I've never, in there, I've man. never seen anything duplicate that show. It was absolutely bananas. It was dude. bananas. What's it was crazy. Magical. My daughter was born like a couple of days before, and I'm like, I ain't missing this, dude. I remember. <laughs> like, I ain't missing this. I remember uh, you. Uh, I think it was like 25 to life. You put it on uh, with um, Unity. Jay- yes, and you had your daughter. With the headphones and all, remember she was yeah. couldn't have been more than one, maybe one. Yeah, barely. She came by, dude. And that, but those shows used to get fucking packed, man. Because it was neighborhood kids. It was what all else? neighborhood kids. Yo, John Mean, uh, Dosgate would break up pretty soon, and I should bring it because it was kind of funny. Is like, so there would be neighborhood bands, and like the band I was in, we broke up because we sucked and we kept changing members. But like in Dosgate, there'd be too many fights, and then they couldn't play. The thing that fucked up Ferenz was there was a neighborhood band playing. A battle of the bands at the Ferenz and Kess was there and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And at some point we destroyed the bar. Yeah. Mm. And that was it. Then but we also were crazy and we would get on the bus and then we would get on the L and we'd kick a window out. Like we were starting getting crazier because we were feeling ourselves. Oh, one hundred percent. And the thing is, is people so, were noticing it. Well, we were starting to all yeah. get that you started getting that surge of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was on. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it, because that's what it was. We had it down to where like like you just knew, like everyone knew, like all right. Remember that doc show, the one on the one on Frankfurt Avenue with all the punk bands. It was like oxymoron on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that wasn't was like on blo- the second floor or something. Like that? Dude, it was a. It felt like a block party, but it, like, it like the only party. person who didn't get in, who, who's all age, who's underage, is Joe McHenry. He's like, dude, they didn't let me in. All you dickheads are my age. I couldn't get in. Dude. But like that was a block party full of neighborhood kids seeing oxymoron, uh, oxymoron gangrene. It, like in a fucking yeah, Frankfurt yeah, bar fucking because Frankfurt of Mark bar. Mark Fisher. Yeah. And he did intoxicate it and then he shipped it over to No Authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when he had no John authority. John Bean, John Mean, who's now playing in Blacklisted. Like, so like this cat is pl- like, you know, like since this far back, like yeah. it's, it, like we've had these crazy links with everybody. And I just always find it interesting, like, who comes in, who stays in, like over time, because I'm still fucking here. It's like, yeah. yo, it's crazy, like Neen joined Blacklisted. You know, but like, oh, yo, he's as far back as all of us were, you know, yeah, like, no, sure. You know, like McHenry went on tour with Blacklisted and then he was in Canada. I'm going, how weird is that? Because some kid from Amber is friends with somebody else from Amber. He got to go to Canada and take all Blacklisted's beer tickets. Fucking <laughs> like, Mc- McHenry's like, the best. Dude, the illest. Dude. Fucking McHenry's But that's the, the that's the stuff that hardcore got us to for the for us because we just like stayed and, and rolled into it. And now, I mean, think about it now, like. What's crazy is too, because we're talking also a lot about freight train later on. That fucking Steve Prezenica was like a one of the first Upper Darby Night Circle dudes. He brought Marguerite around us, and the reason why he brought Marguerite around, remember we talked about Juniata dudes going to Parkwood. Yeah, that Bob Bogan and then Anthony Stevens, they were banging Upper Darby girls. <laughs> so we went out to a public urination show and we fought a bunch of quote unquote Nazi skinheads, but they looked like the Frog Brothers from Lost Boys. They had like. 
army paint on their face, and it was the first time we all went to Drexel Hill Baptist Church. And they're like, John's on stage making fun of the Philly captain, John McCann. And they're like, we're going to fuck you up outside. Only when we got outside, the whole outside was against these dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, we met the, um, the John Lar Murray and like all these girls. Like, and we're like, wait, Upper Darby has girls? Like, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was neighborhood it. girls around us. Sure. Fu- if you were in a hardcore punk, nah. these girls like, yo, chill. Nah, I'm only yeah, in the- Yo, they were in the starter jackets. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Puffing Newports, like drinking <laughs> beer. They don't want to see no fucking hardcore shows. Nah. <laughs> so we had to do these crazy things, but... We even reached out to Upper Darby and like because of our friend who's not with us, um, Shane, he was doing all them Upper Darby shows, man. Yeah. He did that fucking man ball breakdown cold front show. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy the people that were linking up with younger, they didn't get to stay around for this, but he had some crazy shows out there, like in the Upper Darby at that venue, which I, uh, I forget the fucking name of it, but it was like right <laughs> off the 69th Street. Yeah, it's a little weird bar, but I mean, they had a he had a he he brought Candiria out there before anybody else. Dude, Candiria, yeah, god damn! Yeah, it was a bar um right by the tower. I just forget what, the what stupid the name. name. Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't know it. I. You would, but we took we took the train up there. Plenty Speakeasy of times. Cafe. Damn, dude! I had to be a second. Speakeasy. This dude, dude, he remembers. Took me a fucking greatest. It gets in the head, but that's but the, I think that's what what so what sucked at the time when we were coming in. We had to battle that old regime of, you know, gatekeepers. But at the same time, like that wave just kept on coming in, kept on coming in. Like kids just kept oh, on we coming fucking, in. We like, we were like those uh, orcs just keep rolling. Like, yeah, oh, right. you got 20 guys. We have 40. Wait, we had 60. Wait, what? Like yeah. how many guys are here? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty much make a phone call and yeah. find, we're going to this show. And most of the kids that hung out with us weren't even in the hardcore. No, they're they were mostly, yeah, they were yeah. like graffiti writers. Yeah, nothing well, to that's do exactly what happened is yeah. there was a, became a whole squad of graffiti writers then some of the old guard kicked over, and that was like the bike messenger dudes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Knights Earl went up being neighborhood dudes. You either got to be in a neighborhood dude and just being a goon. You were a bike messenger somehow, and you knew Max or somebody yep, else, yep. or you wrote graffiti and threw Nine Circle up. Yep, yeah. That was like the, oh, that was like it. Like, that was right. it. That was yeah. It was. Yeah, and I and that's what was so hard for people to understand, like because they were like, "Who are these fucking?" It's dudes? a fucking amalgamation of some of the like all the weirdest, craziest, different people. Well, because for us to fuck with you, you had to be a real dude. Like you had to be a, not just a neighborhood, but but someone you can like. Trust. I mean, a lot of people just like put up a front just to like chill or buy jerseys or and buy wear them at shows. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, even <laughs> or just even, buy a jersey. Yeah, and no, wear it we and just show. wore white t-shirts yeah. and just be like, all right, whatever. I mean, Trevor patched over from a, a for real crew. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you know there were some real people on the roster that were super cool. Well, as we dead. got older and, and we were making our own mark, you know, and then like guys like Trevor were like, dude. This is home. This is fa- you yeah. guys are family, and that's. I mean, that's that's how it was. Yeah. That's how it was. So, I always tell the story the same way to people who haven't heard it. Um, Diego was in a band with Max. One day, came over the house. I thought he was going to punch a hole through my mom's wall because yeah. he was telling me. Basically, Wasn't the band called Nine Circle? It was. It was. Called, I, it was had called the, Nine I had the I had the tape. That, the crazy that, that's part of the gallon. crew story. Yeah. Listen, I the. <laughs> I had a pickle barrel with a ton of demos, and I swear to God, someone either has it or somewhere uh, one day it's going to pop up in my uh, archives. But the band was Nine Circle, and yes. Diego. Now, what's also cool ties into the Intoxicated is Justin. Justin, Justin Hildebrand. That's how I On met drums. Justin because he was their drummer. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so so me, Max, Justin, 
Matt. Matt McGarvey. Yeah, Matt McGarvey. Yo, still with the same chicks, holds her down. Good for Ellis, him. dude. I remember when we first started Ellis. dating. Dude, Matt's dude, the best. Yeah, Matt's the best. best. Cool as beard. Cool as Yeah, beard. like, cool as Still dude, the same, man. Dude. Yeah, never, never yeah, changed. No, never changed. he's another one. Yeah. Never changed. But that's why people love him, because mm-hmm. he's straight the fuck up. And um, I think uh, that was, I uh, know, and then, whatchamacallit? Who else is in? Uh, we only had one guitar. Yeah, one guitar player time. And then uh, we were doing Jarrett. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't no. Jared at the beginning. Just me. Yeah. Just me. And right, then, right. So what happened Do you remember is- that graffiti writer CB? Yeah. Chris, mm-hmm. he, we recorded in his basement yeah. over an A-track. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I remember, like, Max was, like, right there with me. And I was, like, you know, a little nervous. And what the fuck? I was a kid, right? Yeah. And, uh, and we, we, we got through it. Yeah, we got through it. And we had this demo. This little CB's demo. House. Right? At CB's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might even he not now, passed, that not connection. Even passed. I think CB may have did the, the cover, the little cover we had, because it was like three yes. songs and it had the ninth circle. The ninth circle, yeah. yeah. And, and that connection uh, was through Matt and Kess, because mm-hmm. yeah. at the time Matt was uh, Matt and Kess were chilling. Kess with CB. was the only dude who was been in five bands at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> another, another well, great Kess drum. played drums. Another great drummer. Yeah. Right? Kess had drum was drums, but we already had Hildebrand. Yeah. Which Hildebrand was an awesome drummer back then. For- so you come into my house and you're yo, fuck this. They don't want me to fucking sing for them no more. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is gonna be a fucking problem. And I was like, in my head, are we at a point of schism here? Like, yeah, this could be something because we rolled with Max and them. But yes. Diego's my man. Diego, I, I knew you know your mom would yell at us out the window every wing night. Yeah. But I like Diego and I'm like, yeah, what right, we know? We're, right, here, right. we're here for him to come to eat with us. Right. You know, like, and my mom like, oh, Diego's here just yeah. from here your car. You know, like, sure, sure. and so it was a hard position to be in and then you guys like immediately pivoted. You're like, you know, fuck this. That's it. Yeah. Well, so at the time, <laughs> yeah, because we, we went, used to go to Ron Hurst Cafe for wings. Yeah. So we, I lived on Ron and Castor and he lived at his mom's which was uh, by, uh, Al Burger, yeah, uh, which was a one street over uh, Ron. Mm-hmm. So we were always hanging out, right? In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, right. And I remember him coming over and I was like, I was like, yo, listen to this. You know, what it's like, like I did yeah. to you. Two guys I went first was used to, right? And I was like, yo, I mean, they don't want me, they don't want me to uh, sing, anymore. sing anymore. And he's like, dude, he goes, I tell you, the only thing you really need is fucking, is, is, uh, me for singing with you and we'll get a whole new members and i was like yeah it's, yeah let's yeah we should do it so it was something that we just like kicked around the idea right because at the time it, one of the songs was legions yeah right, right? uh because I, I i remember cutting school uh with past at a barnes and noble on walnut street and together we wrote legions right and um so jersey rick uh, I wanted to get tattooed. Jersey Rick was like, "Yo, um, come see my." By guys. the way, you two were the most heavily tattooed dudes in the squad at that point. At that point, yeah, you I guys was, were like, you, and we were it started with a couple tattoos, day. and then I would come by, and you guys are like, yeah, got another tattoo, and I had no tattoos, so right. I'm not even 18 yet, so I'm like, damn, dude, I gotta get a tattoo. Like, I gotta, I'm not even ready for my. Well, friend. well, we had a homie in the neighborhood, and he he was coming up, and we would get tattooed in his house, and. Otis. Yeah, Otis. Yeah, because he did my he did my Philadelphia Bell. Fucking Otis, when, yeah. right? <laughs> and yeah. it was it was perfect timing because like he was always down to tattoo, and we were like, well, we have nothing else to do, so we're just going to go over his house. 
And it was just like, and it was nothing small. We always got big stuff, like like full on sleeves, <laughs> like, like wild shit. Yeah, just hey, do whatever. And you would just sit there, and we had nothing but time. But yeah, he was the one that was tattooing us a lot, a lot. So you go to Jersey. Rick. So we go to Jer- Jersey. Rick goes, yo, Hollywood come, shit. Yeah, takes you over the come, bridge. Come to Jersey. We're like, we don't have a whip. How the yeah, fuck like- we get in there, right? But he had that Dodge. So you know, whatever. We got over there. And I was getting tattooed uh, by Ferris. It was like my first, like, you know, at a, at a, at shop. a shop. Actually, shout out to Rick. We actually jammed. Remember we... Didn't he play? Didn't yeah, he, he did play. Yeah. yeah, he did yeah, play. He did. That's right. He made the cut. No, that might have been right. Because Ferrer played bass too, right? For like a hot second. We, we had a handful. Of yeah, it was just like out. trying some different things, different yeah, sounds. Ferrer was literally we the freshman of high school at that time. Maybe still in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah he's probably definitely. 13. Yeah. But no, so yeah, Jersey Rick tried out. And that's right. That's right. I think it was like too crazy for him. And yeah, well, he just had his kid. Oh, yeah, that's Yo, right. He was, yeah. this dude's been since throwing me trades. Remember, he was a still drywall dude at that time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was yeah. his whole gimmick. Well, he was he was always a working class yeah, dude. He always, he always was well, early, he was always working. Quick yeah. to be a family guy. You know, yeah. remember that? He had yep. that. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, he just he had his son. Yeah, that was right around the time he had his son. Right around the time Andy. he had his son. That's right. That's right. With me. And I thought he was like like a man compared to like, like a Well, like a yeah, because he had his yeah. shit together. Yeah. yeah. We were fucking, you know what crazy. I mean? Like crazy. <laughs> this dude's like, I gotta go to work. What the yeah. fuck is that? But but he was the link to, to sick creation. Yeah, because yeah, he was getting tattooed there. He was like, Yo, why don't you come meet my guys? Yeah. And as I was getting tattooed, I was like, Ah, yeah, me and my guy, we're gonna do a band. It's like, oh, that's funny. We're gonna do a band too. Talking about Cappy yeah. from release and Jesse. So just talking like that, like, let's see what you guys got. And they had, at the time it was like uh, I don't want to say like acid rock, but it was definitely it was like cover band stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And but they were good musicians, dude. Yeah. Oh, but they were older. What the fuck? They were like men, right? We we're fucking We were 18, they were probably like early 30s. Yeah, they were old. But but good dudes. Yeah. Good dudes. And we just started jamming. And um Next thing you know, we had a couple, like two songs or so, mm-hmm. and then uh, Max won it in. Yeah, Max so won it, it came in, full circle, and it came full circle. <laughs> it came full circle uh, because Max also put that element of like, you know, the breakdowns. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, because they like, weren't the way in the beginning. No, no, aware of them. Right, Cap had played in release. Yeah, like, he didn't. The yeah, hardcore it wasn't, didn't have breakdowns. No, no, no. It was more know? punky. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when Max came in, Max was like, yeah, that sounds good, but we're going to play it like this. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we're going to change oh, this part. It's always been that way. Right, right. And, and then. Because, but there was like a year where it was like, we weren't sure if there was beef. Not beef, because we were all friends, but there were still like. Well, so what happened is, is I booked their show before your first show. Yeah. They played the 25 to Life Junietta show. Correct. Yes. They, and and they were first going to be called Driven by Emotion. Yes. Then they stopped me on the flyer and said Driven, driven. by dot dot dot. After that song, after that, it was Driven. Yes. And then it went down to Frontline later. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because right, then their CD came out and they just named it Frontline. Well, because so, the cover was the dude getting shot in the front line. Yeah, in the front line. Uh, but it was like more or less like, uh, what's that? Civil rivalry, right? Yeah. Because like- Although no one really like it, it, for no some, one, it wasn't addressed. No, no, it, it wasn't, wasn't addressed. About. Well, it was because we're too young to go. Here's how I feel yeah. about this, yeah. right. and you know, like some cats wear their heart on their sleeves, yeah. and and you you're definitely a person. So like, 
you felt like, yo, what the fuck? And then I was hurt. And on top of it, because Max's family, it's so it's like, damn, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but there's a whole squad in the middle of everything, so it was kind of like, well, so it, for everybody, it was kind of like, you guys don't realize it, but like the Driven John happened, and then that summer, later on that summer, you guys, I always tell everybody when you guys had that first show at Jersey, dude, we, dude, it was awesome. I made it through 30 seconds of one song, and I was in a cop car, and it was Cracker didn't get dude, me out. I might still be in the first drumming guitar. <laughs> open. Trevor takes off his shirt, and it was yeah, on. it was over. But but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, dude, and and like, uh, I don't, you know, we. We could. There was always listen. I'll say it because that way, so you don't say it. There was a rivalry because no one had said, "Yo, it's cool that you have the band and we have this band," and it was also on the other side because and I can tell you, I remember my jaw was broke. George, Jay, Tommy Donahue all in jail for beating the kid up with the fucking thing. Yeah. Stalag thirteen. Yeah. And there was this. This this sergeant of arms over here comes thing? out, yeah, gets every outside. He goes, freight train goes on this fucking stage. Everybody for a fucking move, yeah. and we're all outside wiling out. Now that yeah. show was crazy. It was like one of the Sheltonham bands. Yeah, yeah. I, we can't believe we told this whole time and not say Kensington because them dudes were always <laughs> rocking it around. But like they were the best too. Kensington came out with a set and they killed it. And yeah. I kind of saw everybody like everyone's looking like, wait a minute. And this is the style of third. This is West Philly, but at this time. Now I gotta I gotta track back. Yes, best we, place to have a show. Yeah, so best place. We had gone from being like the outliers to we started going to Stalag and it was rough. And then there was the crazy thing with the dog and Max and me and Bushy. Yeah. And it got to the point where we kind of overloaded them, overloaded them and overloaded them and overloaded them. We're like, all right, we have to deal with the fact that these guys exist in Philadelphia. Right. So they do the show. It's in my eyes headlining. Frontline's record release, Freight Train, yeah. Burnside, which is New Jersey, Kensington, and it yeah. opens like uh, the young kids from Sheltonham. So this is if you ever wanted to see like the height, and I this Mario Carlano had the fucking tape because <laughs> I because he borrowed it. Jamila, she's a brown belt in jujitsu. She keeps saying she's gonna go to her mom's house in the holidays. We ever she get that tape? Everything she has she that tape. Yeah. That was the that was the height of like. Kensington goes on, they have a crazy set. And I remember you're looking around like, fuck, Kensington, this had a great set. Yeah. Burnside gets on and they had something. And yeah. everyone's like, what's going to fucking happen? And then yeah. when you guys are playing, somebody's sitting in the crowd going, what the fuck? Yeah. Because it just got crazier and crazier. And then there was a minute where we're like, what's going to happen now? Because Freytree just played. And even their set was fucking wild as fuck. Mm. And in my eyes, did not have the nah. nah, nah, they nah, just, nah, nah there nah, was nah, too nah. much energy out of nah. the crowd, and in my eyes, dude, we, like, we covered sheer terror. Yeah. Yo, yo, when I heard boo, dog, yeah. I was like, oh. and even like Jamie, dude, and, all those yo, old heads, all the old heads would yeah, sit there and yeah, watch yeah. them. They never moshed. Nah, nah, they moshed for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, right. We have that's some right. Great pictures from that show. Yeah, yeah, we got Stony in a couple of those pictures from that show, man. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good people. Of, dude, My jaw was wired for that. Yeah, yes, it was fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, there's dude, pictures of you. I have you. pictures. I got the book at home. There's pictures of you grabbing the mic, and all you see is just all, te- you know, all wired up. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but that show was awesome, but that was also kind of like what buried any kind of hatchet. Yeah, because, because it, it was like everybody that, crushing. Well, and it showed that everyone's band was equally as good. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of yeah. thing. And everyone was equally as good, so... That that one kind of settled 
you know, the un the unsaid, yeah, the uneasiness of it. The hard thing is, and this is something that every band faces, and I had to face it later on, is you can have a crew support you. You can have a crew to support you physically, like, yo, we got to watch our backs. But as a band, if you want to grow at a certain point in time, you got to leave that crew at home because the energy is different. It was different in 1998. It was different in 2005. It is now. But like, there's a certain Wolfpack mentality so you cats are starting to play, not just Philly, but you're playing in Jersey. Jersey. Then you're going out to fucking CC's yeah, you do with it. Well, CC's. Wilkes. We had a show up at CC's. There was a gimmick. There was a gimmick that popped off from when I said from. Um, I know we talked about a couple of in Junietta. There was a gimmick between a neighborhood cat who's not around and Chris Nace. And Chris Nace did right. He popped them and it was over. Yeah. But then actual dudes who have nothing to do with hardcore showed up for revenge. And attacked the, the Nanticoke dude. So everyone's like, fuck Philly. And it was like, yo, they're just neighborhood cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't yeah. control it. Rick Gillette's girl got punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. And Damn, so, like, dude. it was a whole gimmick. So when Bad Luck was the first ones that had to deal with it, we all had to go up there. And Richie and the Nanticoke dude squashed everything through Bad Luck. Because this is when still when Bad Luck kind of, the OG Bad Luck dudes was like, this is the deal. And we would go, okay, yeah. this is the deal. Yeah. Bad Luck dudes have it squashed. This is what it is. But the problem was, is like when we started going up to like Club Carrigan's and PA and shit like that, like not that, I mean, your second show, I mean, the first show was nuts. Uh, a couple people got put in the cop car, but then your second show on South Street, some cat got stabbed. Yeah. That was fucking nuts. And then like a couple people, and we'll leave the names out who were booked shows at the time, quickly <laughs> started telling everybody, oh, you don't want to book that band. You don't want to book that, that band. shit was going yeah. on. You don't want to book that in fucking Philly. That was going on, and that's what got because us. of one or two dudes, right? Who and that's gonna be slick saying certain shit, and which, so- which tapped into the original of us hanging out. Those same dudes that always put their nose up were now doing it again to freight train. We're like, fuck you, motherfuckers, because we we pretty much cleaned up the area, right? Yeah, by going to did, shows yeah. and, and taking out all these fucking guys that they didn't. Yeah, they we, we took do. out a lot of their trash. Yeah. So yeah. now all of a sudden trash. you want to put her, no, what, because of a couple fights? Yeah. Fuck out of here, right? So then, and yeah, no, it started all over again. Yeah, we're like going, you don't want to have these guys play. And it's like, you guys had, and so the final fuck you, not the final, but like for me, there's this Hatebreed show, not so far after the record, the record release thing. And it's a snowstorm, so some bands can't play. And we're all in the crowd for this. I think you guys or another band played. And that was like a moment where like, haha, you still have to use our fucking bands. I think it was Max and the other guy's band. At the truck. At the truck. Oh, yeah. We well, were, we, we got were, a phone call to yeah, play we were, that. Yeah. And we said no. We couldn't do it. Yeah, we didn't do it. So I called Max up and I and said, they, yo, Frontline want to play? Go ahead and play. And then, so I, I, this is actually almost backtracking. So that happened. I think that was a little bit of the beginning of like the, hey, we're all yes. good. But the whole crew was in a full effect. And then you guys are supposed to play some after show. And then upstairs. And then that's when the gimmick came where he's like, I don't think you guys should play. Like, yeah. And the, so Freight Train passed the baton over to Drew, so uh, the front line could play. Yeah. With, for with Hatebreed. For Everyone's in the crowd right. destroying people. This is what Hatebreed's. At the height of what height. they can do yes. before mm-hmm. they start getting into the moshier, like more bro metal shit. Right. And then the same cat pulls the fucking pulls the fucking rug out of Freight Train yeah. as the after party. Yeah. Well, no, the, the after party we played was for the, the balcony. 
It was supposed it was, to? Did you guys deploy it? Or no, not? no, no. We did it. It was the Cro Mags after party. Oh. We played at the balcony. Dude. So it was two two different shows. You're talking They're about two, two different two, shows. Right, so, yeah. so the the hate breed. Thing I remember happened. the, the twenty one plus balcony. None of us could get. We couldn't get it. So. Was that twenty one? I don't. Know yeah, were, balcony was twenty one plus. That right, was our whole So uh, I, I forget what our Cro Mags it was, but everyone was there. It was just an after party. Yeah, and we played, and we played two sets because there wasn't a band. Like what happened? We, we were we a headline, and then we were like, the band wouldn't go on after us, so we played our set again. Yeah, we played our set twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were done, and they're like, nah, I gotta play again. Yeah. We're like, no, the that's only it, three, we're done. I think the only three freight train shows I missed is the the one, the beginning, because I got kicked out as soon as it started. Yeah. Then there was a stabbing one, because it was 21 plus, and I'm that's like, right. I can't even get the fuck in. That's right. And that was the night we all went with the Chicago dudes to Dysphoria up in Allentown. Fuck, yeah, and yeah, that's, that's why we right. Went, and so we all went up there because like all the all ages were like, well, I guess we'll all go up there because we can't get in the freight train. And then I, I misunderstood. I thought that there was something where you guys were supposed to play and didn't because obviously I didn't go. But there was a point after that where freight trains should have been on some of these Philly bills. And weren't allowed. And it was at the time when the Y was happening yeah. and mm-hmm. Scarheads kicking around trying to ask Diego yes. to join and play. And it's like, how's all this love happening to freight train? But there's no invite for yeah. freight he train. Was, he was asked to go to Europe. Yeah, like, hey, you want to fill in? And and yeah. the thing is, is it always it was part spite, and it was part like, hey, fuck you guys, right? And that and, and we knew that because the guy we're not going to mention, he came to see us at that Jersey show where we uh, got into that big fight up mm-hmm. in uh, on top of that bar. Yeah, I forget. The and name that of motherfucker place. the whole time was just on his laptop. And didn't even give a fuck. Big motherfucker, you're here to support. That's how you're going to support the us? Casablanca's. Yeah. That's it. Casablanca's. Casablanca's. Yeah, second floor. Yeah. So at the Casablanca show, because um, it was like one of those things like, oh, you know, I'll give you guys a look. Maybe we'll put you on some yeah. shows. Like I'm supposed to kiss his ring, motherfucker. But the, but like that was the thing. Like we were at odds at the time. We were at odds with so many different people that it's like, you know, going up to Wilkes-Barre when those guys welcomed us with open oh, arms. No, because because the Olive Branch was there and it yeah. was that Leeway show. Wow. Oh, the Leeway and show it, was incredible. And I, and I always say the same thing is, like, historically, the thing about hardcore that was dope at the time, we would not let anyone mosh in front of them. Like, we ran the front of the stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when the train is on the tracks yeah. at up at CeCe's, there was a PA hardcore, not fight, but a battle because they're like we can't let these guys run yeah, the front like yeah. <laughs> but it was all love and fun and they didn't even get mad because we took the big crew picture out in the back yeah yeah but yeah. did you guys know that me me bird dan one and pass drove up the week before and made to, that to, wall and yeah painted. we yeah. did that wall i just put that picture up where yeah. we're all sitting in front of so because I, I started being like rolling with past all the time. That's right. So I ended up just being the wall. But I never wrote the graffiti. I, I fought beef for people. But yeah, yeah. I was the buff wall, dude. Right. Like, But I got to see some of the illest productions go down. Yeah. And I'd be hanging with Dan One. And he's doing all his, uh, uh, what's that shit called? The fucking the uh, South American shit. You spin on your head. Oh, the fucking. Um, you know the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, like a break. It's supposed to be it's, for breakdancing. It's like a fight. But though, it's a fight. It? Yeah, yeah. I forget the name uh, of it. Brazilians do that yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. But I'll forget. Fuck, I forget. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So but it's he, like breakdance. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I learned this so I could breakdance. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. one man terror. Dan one from North Philly was the LS because we best. could be in the middle of the cut. The mayor he, of Fifth Street. He knew every wall and he knew every person. And people come up, yo, you say I don't feel for me. And you're like, damn one. But so we if, went up. If you wanted to paint in Philadelphia, you, you would it. have to go to him for permission. Yeah. And he would tell you, 
yes or no, and what wall you could do. And then you would have to put him on, on the wall. It. And because I roll with past, those two guys were tight. So yeah. we could, you know, you could pretty much paint wherever. But he, he had the city locked so in. He was the best. Me, Berg, Dan, one, and past go up the CCs five days before CC's and made sure there's a train and the IX on the wall yeah, at CC's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then E-Town, Leeway, fucking freight train play, CC's, and the whole crew had to get it like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, that was the But shit. they gave them dudes, really the PA dudes, that was like a big, like a bonding point because that same summer, remember that crazy Memorial Day show they had and we were all up there? We're that was why, there. like... That became like when we stopped having, we had more beef with our own Philly people than yeah. we did with the that's PA. 100%. And, that's and was like so the crazy. Jersey cats were always like the Clever Lang dudes. Like we had so much love from all everybody else. But Philly. But a couple dickheads from Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely who right. Who couldn't fight. No, who no. couldn't fight. So these were bitches. And then, but the thing is, we, it, was a, it was a lose-lose because, you know. We beat them up. We we're beat the, the bullies. We're assholes. Yeah, exactly. And some of them had a lot to say about the shows. So just like. You know, getting into hardcore as metal kids at the right time of, of, of the right bands playing that metal sound, being in a band was at the right time. Yeah. Because Crutch, Strike for a Reason was was yeah. was starting, a mush mouth. Like all those PA dudes that are nothing but fucking great dudes were now like, let's go, come play. Yeah. And then and then if and then if not there, then you had Jersey. Dysphoria too. Uh, Dysphoria yeah. too, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, some but, of the shows were also getting weaker because I remember there was a couple of times where we would roll up to a show and they wouldn't even let us in. No, because it was getting to the point where like they'd see IX and go, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't yeah. even get into the show. Yeah. And it was like, and that's how the whole quote-unquote blacklisted thing yeah. got started. Yes. And yeah. it was right, because what's-his-name fucking banned me for a year? We joke about it now because you know we're older. Uh, Big Bill, yeah, at Slayer when I rocked that dude, he was like, "You're done. You're done for a fucking year." I'm like, "Ah, fuck you." Well, and that's what was crazy. And that was we would with the also, whole blacklist. We would also go to the metal shows, and the metal shows were just as brutal as the hardcore shows. Mm. Yeah. So the whole thing, this whole like, "Oh, you hardcore kids are out of your fucking minds." It's like you just had Slayer here play last night. Like there's people leaving on stretchers. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, literally, talking, leaving on literally it was a bloodbath at the Trocadero. And it's like, and then the next day would be like Marauder, and it's like, you know, they want to shut down the show. It's yeah. like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they were completely out of their minds, and completely out of line, as far as I'm concerned. So, well, obviously, the Del Rados end up being the last train show, until we did the Harry Cats Jump On show. No, the, no, the last, last show was... The was church in Frankfurt. No, no, no. The last show that we played was, we just talked about this the other day, at fucking Epsican. That was it. That's what Us, I Mushmouth. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that's the name. Yeah. I thought it was. No, 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 no. That no. was the last one. That was the la- That was when we busted out the thongs. Remember the thongs. We just talked about You're it. On okay. stage, going, "What's up with the mic checks?" Yes. yes and literally like, fucking crying. Laughing. Dude, this fucking guy. Yeah. You know, right? Because that was when we busted out the thongs. That, that was the thongs we came out. We're bringing them back, by the way. You fucking should. Yeah, we're hundred percent bringing them back. I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Us, I thought the last show was was your show that you put on and. That church what was that on Castor Ave? What was the name of that? No, 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 no. no. That, that came. That Kensington. Came, that was that was second to none. Second to none. Freight train. Catburger. Kensington. Not no. Catburger. They just they came out just for that weekend. Okay, they were just in. They town. were literally just like they came out and were like Philly's so fucking crazy. We need to be a part of it. Who else is on it? Through Clubber Lang, right? No, Clubber Lang. Yeah, Clubber. Yeah, it was Clubber yeah, Lang. Clubber Lang. Yeah. It was us. Yeah, Clubber Lang, Lang second, second to none. Kensington, Kensington and an opener. I forget who. That but was. yo, but I think that was probably no, one of our best. That, shows. that was a bad night. That was a wild night because that was when when what's his name fucking 
Yeah, the whole thing happened. The whole Girl, thing happened, so happened and, the, and it got yeah. weird quick. And, and this got, is why I, I think got, it's our last I got, show. I got boycotted from the truck for something that happened at my show that I wasn't involved in. So then, that was that was Friday night. Saturday, we go up to CC's. Second and Unplays plays with a bunch of bands and Most Precious Blood. Them Jersey cats were always wild. Yeah, yeah. They were on their own wilding shit. Yeah. So we go. That was wild. That Sunday, it was twenty five to life. Earth Crisis with Most Precious Blood at the TLA, and it was the only Young Squad, right? So only Young Squad. This Most Precious Blood, the Indecision type dudes, the roadies try to like. You guys need to, I saw, and the guy was saying something, saying, we saw you assholes in Pennsylvania, this is how, blah, 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 blah. The roadies were trying to, like, check us, so we rocked one of them, <laughs> and I got the kick out again. I'm like, fuck you. So yeah, we man. stayed outside the show, and it was the Chicago Cats, Jersey Cats, Philly Cats, and we smashed the roadie out really bad. I got him out front of Copa. I was like, yo, can we talk for a minute? And I grabbed this hoodie around the the, the, the street sign so he couldn't run. And we beat him and his boy's ass nice. out front of the TLA. And they're like, you guys aren't going to be able to come back. And we're like, fuck you. Yeah. What are you? And, and this leads up to, because that's that's the summer of 99. You guys played January of 00. It was right after Carmen killed himself. You guys played Del Rato's. And it was actually the first time Freight Train didn't do the worst thing that night. But the train had everybody so hyped the fuck up that when Mushmouse someone got it and the cops came and mm-hmm. we we were going to shows all the time down there because uh Diecast was coming around. Yeah, Diecast. I always tell that. the story, me, Mike Brown, and Damien go down to Delorado's the first time, and they're like, um, Nazi uh Nazi Joe is here, or Nazi Jim or something like that. And like Nazi Joe is here, and we're like, Nazi fucking Joe. And Mike goes, I can't say that on the podcast. He goes, he's about to meet N-word Mike. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so we're fucking crying laughing. Mike was the best. Mike's like, I'm for real now. And he got the white finger. And David's like, oh, shit, here it goes. This dude comes strutting in. Bad swastika tattoo. Gets Molly Wap by us immediately. And sure. they're like, yeah, fucking thank God you guys did this. So we're like, we're on fire at Delaware. We were the popular ones. We're like young boys. Like, yeah, we got this band Punishment. And never, we didn't play yet. We're telling them, yeah, we got this band Punishment. So you guys played that show in Delorado's. And that was like, that was the first time the internet really went hard. Online, these guys are a problem. These guys are this. Like, it was getting. Well, the online stuff started with the AOL chat stuff yeah yes. you're right so we started fighting that battle early on yeah you're right and that's why we were i would have to bushy would have to fill me in well that's so, why we were on stage talking shit talking about you know, how we we're going to end aol because <laughs> people were just right. attacking us online attacking fury? trying to cancel us yeah. yo fury earth crisis and um oh fuck what's that other band from syracuse trevor's boys Alive? No. Um, Path of Resistance? No, no, no. Um, God damn it. I'm Syracuse? Despair? God damn it. Dude, I'm drawing a blank. They're from, uh, they, were, they were boys with Trevor. Oh, another victim. Another oh, victim. Another victim. God. They're playing January 1st. Another not. Up in Syracuse, though. That's going to be cold. Come on. Yeah. I might have to. T- yo. Yo. So they yo, play all, at. We used to listen to that first album. Dude. Over you, stop, dude. Stop. Shut so the fuck I, up, can I, dude. can I put this out there? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put this out there. Go ahead. So one of the last Stalag shows that we all didn't behave at. Your boy hit me with that bass. No, no, no. Remember no, that? No, mo- no, 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 not that. All right. This one over here decides to start the swinging of the bags with shit. With fucking in it. bricks and shit. Yeah. In it. This one right here. Yeah. 
right. sitting there across from us. We'll leave his name out of it. Yeah, we'll leave, Start yeah. swinging the bag. Yeah. And then that became the MO for all shows all was shows, right. put shit in our bags yeah. and swing it all over everybody. Well, I got I got to admit, I got I stole that, that idea. Turmoil, Kid Dynamite, another victim and an opener. It was Turmoil's record release party. Correct. That's when we were on. And we could have went to Eat Town and Leeway that night at the Troc. With the few herbs that went there, but like, fuck it. Freight Train's playing with them on Wednesday and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to this shit. Yeah, set. Yeah. Well, like, I, I, did I heard that, that Leeway Etail show had like 45 people when the CCs went up being more packed. So we, we used to roll to all of the shows with our bags, right? Yeah. Everyone had a messenger bag, and someone was telling me they're like, I never real bag, I had a gap bag. I didn't have, I wasn't, I wasn't grown enough to get the Timbuktu bag. But who was it? They were like, someone from Marauder, they're like, oh yeah, they used to put bricks in their bags and then just go mosh. I'm like, oh, that's a genius idea. Yeah. You know, just fill your bag up with shit and just start throwing it at people. And that's what happened. And yeah, they, <laughs> and what yeah, yeah. So we actually stole that from Marauder. So We're like, oh, that's awesome. In Virginia, there was this place called... Uh, Phasmatagadoria? No, like 98 degrees or 104 degrees. It was some some high number of degrees. Me, you, Matt Walsh, and... Uh, oh, we saw Earth Crisis and Fury there. That's what I'm saying. And another victim. But another Fury victim. didn't play because their van broke down. Uh, yeah. yeah. So... Of course, something happens. We're yelling nine circle, the whole thing. Dude, the next day, AOL chat room. These fucking guys from Philly, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then that started yeah, the, that was the like trend. Yeah, like near Richmond or something. Yeah. Because like, we used to go like, far for shows, man. Yeah, it was like fucking, like it was hot in there. And that's where they got the name from. It was fucking, it was like a dungeon, that motherfucker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, that was. An, uh, but yeah, we were the, fighting I can't all that shit. Again. I just remember after the Del Rado show, just being like, "This is crazy!" Like that was awesome. Yeah, like it was just like afterwards, everybody being like, "Well, dude, I tell the story all the time." A fight broke out right before uh, us and Mushmouth. Yeah, and I fucking get through. I grab the mic from the singer. Yo, 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 yo! No fucking fight until freight train, right? Yeah, everyone cooled out. So whatever, we get on stage, we're setting up, whatever, whatever. Fucking Paul grabs his guitar, bang, hits the first string. All out right. Immediately. It, yeah. Instantly. It was it was <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. Five minutes later, we're down in Denny's eating fucking breakfast while like fucking cops were everywhere. It was fucking yeah. great time. It was chaos. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fucking yeah. chaos. But 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 that was it, right? I mean, we we always did that. We always brought our friends. We we gave them each a fucking uh, a symbol or whatever, because yeah. we're all part of the band. Georgie would announce us. We were always doing the socket and the talking yeah. shit. And that that's that's I mean that was well, what that was it was. Always our thing. Like people would say, "Well, how much how much do you guys want?" We're like, "We don't want no money." Yeah, that was a but all our friends get in for free. Yeah, and, and everybody every realized was like, "All right, fuck yeah. yeah, yeah." But no one realized we had like forty friends. Yeah. you know, they were like, "Oh, that's a bad deal." Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, he, I mean, with everything, right? The demos. Dude, I remember being at my mom's with him, just you know, recording tapes, recording tapes. And at the time, we worked at a photocopy place, cardstock. Everyone yeah. folded it up. And dude, we we gave them away. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just to get them out. It was fun. Dude, the thongs were the sickest. Thongs were the sickest. Yeah, that was the only merch we ever had. Yeah. The only merch we ever because everyone was when doing I basketball posted, jerseys. You know, I posted that when I, I went through like a memorabilia moment where I went through my flyers and in my flyers of that, and Bob Wilson was like, "Is that real?" And I'm like, "It's the only merch that band's ever made." He's like. Yeah. The only merch. He's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, it's the only merch they ever Yeah. Made. Well, going five, back, we were- $5 we were like, for one, two for eight, free if you modeled them, or exchanged for the ones you got on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we would- So yeah, that was the shit. Your old and, yo, underwear. Big I think Mark, we sold two. Big Mark was moshing we're with one of his- Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Dude, that went over, man. 
that went over. Yeah, man. And we that was right when we first started Jinx Clothing. So we were printing those in the basement. We printed for right, our Jinx own Clothing. Shit. Yeah. Dude, so. so this guy is the reason why Punishment ever had shirts for the first tours. Because we didn't, we didn't know anything about printing shirts. Even through all this, we just never asked. And we didn't know, like, who are we friends with? Freight Train. They made thongs. Kensington never had a t-shirt. Burnside had Jersey Bob. He's gone now. He was wiped up. So we're like, yeah. Who, who do? And then uh, Damien was linked up with you for the t-shirt. I guess he was like printing for you. Yeah, Damien was kind of like interning at the yeah. time because he was like between work. Right, you're right by Bur- you were right by Burns's because I hadn't we're linked at, him. Uh, up, I hadn't linked him up with Ch- Cracker yet. Yeah, we were at Salmon in uh, Westmoreland. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like they printed the best. The only time we had like really nice shirts was through fucking the Slave Jinxed. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I remember the night. The night you guys actually left for tour, you came to pick everything up. Yeah. And uh, you guys came down to Port Richmond, and, and we loaded up the van. And I, I, I remember the van because you just you just got done making the bunks. Yeah. And I'm like, where are you guys going? You're at California. I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. And uh, you guys sold uh, a lot of like our stuff as well because yeah, we yeah. gave you Dude, like we, we wore gym everything. Shirts. Yeah. We had Mike from we had the Daddy Longlegs Mike. Literally give us a shit ton of wolf packs up, and it was cold in California. So we were wearing windbreakers on top of Jinx hoodies. Mm-hmm. Damn. And everyone's like, well, we're like, yo, it's fucking cold. Like we did we didn't we only had a certain amount of space for shit. But um what what happened is and it's like the little like you know, the old heads that are little brothers, punishment endeared or endured the stigma of the nine circle. Even with some of the old cats already being pulling away because all that was out there. Sure. And then a year later, literally, I mean, we were all still going to shows. I mean, I always tease, I always tease Damien because the same night that you were swinging your school bag and smashed the chandelier in Ben Salem, oh, yeah. all the young boys got into that fight and get up kids. And everyone's like, fucking nine circle again. And all the real crazy people were in the, su- like, in the suburbs. At Polanco Park because it was Mushmouth, Thighcast. It was like a hard show. We're like, we weren't even that good. Yeah, yeah. It was like Bushy plus all the young cats mm-hmm. then destroying people. And that started when the, he literally went ahead and was like, all of these people are blacklisted. And it was like, wait a minute. And we had already we had already started kind of going through like, well, fuck this. And the final straw was it for punishment went through the same thing. We played that show on South Street. And the riot happened as soon as we started playing. And I'm like, we're really not going to be able to play Philadelphia. We couldn't, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we had the same thing. Like people were like, can't have, like we couldn't, like we were not even given access. Uh, I think in 02, finally he had to give up and be like, Hey, do you want to play with Diecast and Death Threat? Cause he didn't want to give us the not Diecast, Death Threat and Disciple who are our friends who Punishment already played with a bunch was the first time we were asked to play a show that Joe Hardcore didn't book. Or was it in a neighborhood with someone else that was punishment? Because it was still like fuck nine circle. But he wouldn't say it because he got his no, face sure, smashed in. Sure. But it was like we're just yeah, not going to invite you. Good part not... of dragging his name through the mud, and we still make it a point oh, to drag oh, his okay. name through yeah, the mud, it's... and we still let people know, like because people like people have a tendency to rewrite history, and they're like, man, what that guy did, fuck that guy. He yeah. How many shit. years was he doing it? <laughs> no, right. right. Well, How many years? And, well, well, yeah. and we were there for we saw like some crazy shit. Like we also seen. Some stuff go down at his house uh, when he lived with Trevor. Like so, like we we had a front row seat for a lot of things where 
you know, there was no reason to really pull his card because, like, we already knew the yeah, deal. Yeah, we already knew the fucking deal. Yeah, we already knew the deal, and he knew that we knew the deal. So. Dude, there was so much, like, Philly hate from those dudes that Bad Luck had more Philly shows than we did. And they were, they, I, at the time, I don't think they played more than one song because the second they did Homicidal, yeah, remember, it, was, it, it was a riot. Yeah, they were playing, <laughs> I, I did a bunch of their first shows. Yeah, if it wasn't was. for you booking us, like none of those other dudes were booking us. They didn't give a shit about us. You well, know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's a weird remodeling of like, well, we don't like what they're doing, so we're just going to uh, bring them to the bigger table. Yeah. But like twenty years later, I'm still remembering this shit. It's like, yo, cuz, don't forget yeah. what happened twenty two years ago when you weren't letting Frey train on these shows, yeah. when you literally were asked to join Scarhead, and when our friends were a big part of like them shows were crazy, but they were starting to be crazy because all of us were at that every single fucking one. Absolutely. Because and then the the another victim cats, those kids were moving, they would eventually move two years later and lived in Philly. Like, mm-hmm. Philly shows were crazy yeah. because of us. That was, uh, mm-hmm. Right. Right, but that that but that was it, right? So, Freight Train was a band, but it was our band. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like well, it was, artwork, it was, it was boom. This it was guy everyone's did it. band. It was, it was everyone's was, band, and and yeah, that's and was that, just throwing up Freight Train every like everyone. And that was the other crazy thing is everybody who was young was writing graffiti. Yeah, you couldn't you could go to any part like you see Freight Train IX. You're like, wait, where the fuck am yeah. I at? Like, right, wait, where? Like, you know, like shit was popping up all over. It was ubiquitous at a point. And and that was the thing, like we we also. Then you guys had them big stickers, the big pass stickers. Like you and Pass were going fucking hard for a while. Yeah, we went hard. Well, we were doing the wheat pasting, and yeah. then we were doing the freight train wheat pasting. And for a lot of people, they were like, "Well, what are they? Like, are they a band? Are they a crew? Are they are they graffiti <laughs> guys?" Terrifying people. It just, yeah, it's just yeah. but but the, but that was also we had a lot of people in our crew that were. I mean, we were we were blessed. Like we had a yeah. lot of very talented people in our crew. And a lot of great bands came from our inner circle, no pun intended, but, yeah. you know, so it was like people were just doing things naturally and they were like, hey, I did this thing for you, like an artwork or something. And it was like, all right, well, we're using it. And no different, like we said, you know, we let people know, hey, we're going to play again. Like we had an album cover from past, like literally yeah. the following Same. week. Yeah. The following the week. Following, like it, like it didn't even ask him. He was like, hey, I drew this. And yeah. it was just like... It, you know, like thirty years didn't go by, and people are still doing the same shit. Like they never stopped doing what they love. They still love the band. They still love our friendships. And it's like, well, it's like that unwritten rule. Like, well, this is what we expect from everyone. Yeah, you know. So, the thing that I always found was interesting is because we were we obviously were all there at Harry Cats when we I guess we play with you guys. But when the internet started popping with the YouTube stuff, Freight Train had like this dark horse like. What is this band? Why are they threatening Redline? What's going like? There's so much. There was kids forever. Like, and it's like the young guys like Bob Wilson, who's now a canon in his own right. Like, there was an entire generation of people who just saw a video on YouTube and was like, "Who and what the fuck is this band?" Because there wasn't the band camps. There wasn't. There wasn't anything digital, unless some kid would download it. And um, my buddy Adam. He's a kid in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, back yeah. In the, he used to mosh. You, I mean, it's crazy. He was around when Fresh Train. That's he, awesome. But he had a heart condition, which uh. put him in the wheelchair. So he has every CD ever. He has every tape. So he puts stuff on the internet. And he had the Freight Train ship. He actually had the Forsaken Existence ship, which is another mm-hmm. bunch of our boys. Yeah, man. You know? And yeah. the thing is, is um, Kids Forever would be asking, yo, what's up with that Freight Train band? And I'm like, it's too much. I'm like, I literally would have to sit. And so it's funny. This is happening. So for anybody who... For anybody who ever asked me about freight train, like this is the fucking thing because it really is that shit. Like you guys are like, 
fuck it, we'll fuck it. And I don't even think I asked you, somebody else may have asked you, and you're like, yo, we gotta we gotta do this fucking show. And it just ended up that it ended up being Justin, Max, me, and Damien, and you guys. Yes. And it was like, yeah. it's the show that was kids talk about the most, which is like, that was a weaker version yeah. of the trade. Like, right. kids survived that. Like, well, that, the, the funny thing is, I think we tried doing it how many times before that show? And it and kept it just, falling through. Yeah. yeah. Because the Mark and Jesse thing pulled apart. Yeah. Cat was going through shit. Yeah. So, you know, like, it was hard to get those guys on board. Yeah, I think he even lived in Vegas at the time. No, he too. had to move out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. actually I played with him uh, or I toured with him because he played drums and Come and Correct. My first time we oh, went shit. out. The first time we went to California, I came out with Dysphoria, and somehow Rick knew Cappy, and Rick asked Cappy to play drums. So it was Kevin from Dysphoria, Judd from Dysphoria, Rick to Life, and Cappy on drums. Damn, that's awesome. And Dysphoria tour. That's how I went out to California the first time. And we're at the PCH club jumping on a show with the nerve agents and cat fucks up the breakdown for crucified. Oh. And I was like, and oh, Chris fuck. Spears going, he's like, Chris Spears is the funniest thing. He goes, he was there when they wrote the song. But like, that was the weirdest thing, but that's real Cappy. And then sooner or later after that, I think him and Laura split. Yeah. And he mm. went out to Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Yep, and that was yeah, and that was like yeah. The so end. the Harry Catch thing, I forget how it came up. I think I think you set it up, and you were just like, "Hey, let's just throw like well, yeah, some guys the kid together." Wanted to do a fest, and he was like, "I can get these bands," and I'm like, joking, like I could probably have freight train, and you guys, are like, let's fucking do it. Yeah, and then we ended up at Wild Studios. That's right, <laughs> yeah. Wild Studios. Because Damn, we yeah, already practiced up there a bunch. That's so right. Like, Punishment had the spot. That's <laughs> right. We went to Wild Studios on State Road. I right. Not all about that. Yeah. Yeah, Damien. Uh, yeah, us, Damien, and Max. But that video, like, was what kids would know about Freight Train for so long. Like all the stuff we talked about, kids wouldn't have heard about it until now. Like, but that's the video that survived. Right. Until yeah. we get the until we get the Jamila tapes. Well well what's we the, name? the Jamila tapes? I don't know if you know, but uh Ferris about during the summer gave me two uh two sets of different shows. Yeah, oh, the one was shit. the And I put show. it up on uh it's on YouTube. We just put it up on YouTube to show and uh and dude and it was I mean, what shows were... That was back in 98, yeah, the, 99. It was the Reading show with 25 to Life. Remember we played... I think Suburban then, Hoods were there? Yeah, yes. Hoods. They opened Hoods, up. Hoods, tw- yeah, 25 to Life. And then the other show was North Jersey, and that was Rick to Life's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't North Jersey. It was PA, because that was the day Joe was Nunn that? was mad. Joe Nunn was trying to beat up Rick on his birthday, and I'm going, Joe, do not beat up Rick on oh, his I thought birthday. that was in North oh, Jersey. Birthday. I thought it was, do you remember? The I name thought of it was Club, Club Carrigan's in PA. Yes, it was Club Carrigan's. Because I remember me, Joe, and Mark, and Joe's like, I'm going to snatch that motherfucking dreadlock off his motherfucking head. Damn, on his birthday. And I'm birthday. like, it's his birthday. And Mark goes, how the fuck do you know Rick Tillay's birthday? So then me and Mark are cracking up about that. And Joe's mad that we're laughing about it. Oh, uh, that's so like, funny. Fuck this motherfucker. And we're like, Joe, it's his birthday. And then yeah. Mark's like, Oh, nah, those, those shows were awesome. No, and that's that's the stuff that when kids want to talk about hardcore, they listen to certain bands, but they don't have. There's not a lot of history of some of the bands they're fans of, or like you know you have the innocuous like I bet Blood for Blood shows were crazy back in the day, or like obviously kids which they were kids masturbate <laughs> to the coldest life band pictures to this day like oh my god craziest band of all time <laughs> craziest band of all time and I tell them I was there when Dysphoria played in Detroit. They didn't mosh hard. They yeah. moshed like 
biker punk rock dudes would just throw you around and everyone would cig- like dudes were mosh but clinched cigars in their mouth and like shoving you and pushing you it wasn't hardcore dancing it was like goon dancing like yeah. it would make a modern hardcore mosher bum like this is a coldest life show it's like yeah these dudes are just hard throwing each other Dude. around there was like, well that's what's so awesome if you look at the one show that we have in Reading, like it's date stamped i think it was 98 and the way people are dancing was fucking Dude, totally different when totally you, different universe well the you, thing is it was ahead of its time in a way if you watch it it's like there was a lot of kicking there yeah. was a lot like it was like the Yo, what we're kind of used to remember them i don't want to change my job. there was kids who were a little heavy and they were kind of on the nerdier side but they were the hardest yeah. moshers and they were from the town boyer town yeah. that bob and mm-hmm. all like agitator all them them cats they knew all the lyrics they came to every freight train yeah. so and because everybody was like no one's fucking with them yeah. like yeah. like they were the ones sa- like yeah. they were safe because everyone's like what are you gonna kill this kid like they were yeah. kind of and i don't want to call them it's not a disrespect no, but like, no. they were dorkier or nerdier they were so they were so hyped. in the freight train they were yeah. so into that it. the whole squad was like let them kids go. We're not going to molest yeah. them or smash them. I will never forget. That was the first time where someone actually snagged the mic and just like sang the song. I was like, what the fuck? In Lansdale. Yeah, because yeah. like like usually it was like, oh shit, hold on. We're, we're going to get knocked the fuck out. But then it was just like, you go there. They just they were just grabbing the mics. And I was like, ah, oh, I like this. And this is before we even had a demo. No, literally. Yeah. It was just like. Yeah. It was all, just from playing all the shows. They the knew shows. the lyrics. But, because we didn't have a demo until that that rick's birthday show yeah that was when we and that was like towards the end a little bit but dude especially like uh you know us playing you know Mushmouth, clubber lang dude people were fucking it was vicious out there dude. yeah they, people were getting knocked the fuck were out shows no it was were. awesome it was awesome i um i will go as far as to say that it's a hard thing to describe to people that are um not from the era because things get taken advantage of, like, or taken granted for, like, oh, yeah, everyone must have been mosh and cool. It's like, no, no one really mosh cool. There was a lot of weird kids that were still finding hardcore at the time. And it was like a golden era because they were still the real hardcore shows. There was metal starting to come up. There was the pop stuff. So that's where the real shit was. And it yeah. was in the small clubs. It was in the small halls. Like, the bigger bands had obviously moved on, mm-hmm. but like you guys were playing to like the real hardcore kids at that time. And that's like why you had to deal with like, Oh, this kid's from this. T-. And there was kids from all these different crazy towns. Obviously Cal, the cats would come from Jersey. Like it was he- freight train was heavily supported by so many people because hardcore had started to even split further away. Like, you know, you had a different element. I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. And then, well, the same thing was happening in our crew as well. well Everyone was just going their separate ways. Yeah, people were different. moving on. People were getting... Mm-hmm. There was a, a lot of young kid against young kid beef. Yeah. Old heads were getting tired. And also, old heads were getting tired of young dudes starting shit. And then dudes were like, what the fuck? And you're like, I don't even... You were like, I don't even know what this... Your is done. I'm going to have to like yeah. translate. Like, this is what happened. You're like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I We just <laughs> talked about getting these phone calls. Yo, this kid over here said this. The fuck did... And I'm like... Yo, what was this all about? You know what I mean. I had to like, had to stop, get get the their version of what happened, get their version of what happened, and then be like, "This is fucking <coughs> stupid. Why are you guys being crazy?" And then dropping our our name. So that got old quick because a lot of people wanted to show that they were in, 
By like starting unnecessary. Wiling out. Wiling out, right. And then the more we were going out and playing shows, the more we were becoming friendly with people. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were getting friends from everyone being assholes. Yeah. But the asshole shit was, (laughs) I think you were yelling at me once we got, who is this kid? Why did this happen? (laughs) Right, right, right. Because that's what it was, right? So I would get the call and you would get the call and then you would have to figure (laughs) it out and then we have to fucking figure this out. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like back then, like there was a handful of people you could get a hold of. You could always get a hold of you because everyone had your number. Everyone could get a hold of the other because they had his number. And then everyone had my number. Landlines. Not so. Oh, no, landlines. You call my mom's. Landlines. Yeah, Yeah. at any time. And I remember getting like knocks at the door like, yo, who's this dude? And you're like, how the fuck do you know where I live? You know what I mean? Like, because, but we were out there like that. People knew where we lived. Um, We had people stay at our houses. We, you know. That's just how it was back then. But dude, from from the second we came, uh, from the from the second I came to your house with that with that you know uh, recording from practice, I mean it was instant. That's that's our band. Mm-hmm. We're 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 pushing this this band this this bond that because we're, we're going to take this wherever we you know we can with it, and that's what was dope about it. You know what I mean? That's why it was like, yo, you want to fucking. Get Georgie to announce us with like like D G D Generation Dude. X and fucking talk shit. Let's do it, yo. Uh, so and so wants to rap while we set up. Doesn't matter. Dude, that was a. It was also like a, a carnival of different friends. And carnival, was, yeah. And that thing is like today, homogeneity is like what hardcore is. Everyone looks the same. Like there was a lot of wild older cats rolling with you guys. There was a lot of wild younger cats rolling up the shows with us. And it was all in the crazy squad, which kind of like led to the chaos of like when the, the first song, when the first track would go, like you didn't know how it was going to go, yeah. you know, like, and then anyone like that, when the Lansdale show, when Chris got uh, put you guys on, it was like, uh oh, I don't yeah. think these kids, I don't think these kids were really ready for what was going to happen, you know? Right, right, right. Because we always came in in carloads. Always. And I remember driving to, um to what was it, the milk bar, our first show. And we had like, Eight car legs just following each other, yeah. and and it was just like this was a, that strip mall in Jersey. That was yeah, strip was, mall in Jersey, yeah, yeah. And there was yeah. a couple shows where it was like, all right, meet up at you know, like same thing. There was no phone, so it was like you had to be at Max's house at yeah. noon. Dude, how many times everyone and then think about the neighbors all looking at all of us as we're all lining up and yeah. like, yeah. what the fuck is? Well, this? then yeah. you had you had to coordinate. You know, all the guys that were going to the show, and then there was only so many people we knew that had a car. Yeah. So then you had to, you know, convince them to go to the show and then to drive all these young kids. Yeah. You know, a lot of them were young, young, you know. So this is when we're already now in our 20s, and some of the kids are as young as, you know, Jesus, 14, 13. Yeah. They're all young neighborhood kids. Sure. All going to, like, you know. Nanny coot and all <laughs> fucking <laughs> far, homes. But you know, in that you got blacklisted. You have all these yeah, bands no, and people right? that things that came from this shit. Yeah. So it's, so it's a it's a surreal thing. And that's pretty cool, right? When yeah. you when you like think about it, you're like, damn, blacklisted came out of this dude grabbing the mic and talking shit. Like that's you can't deny that. No. You can't deny that because it's like we, it was part of it. You know what I mean? And that's that the thing that would happen when Freight Train would stop playing is obviously, I mean, that's a, a good space of time. And I feel like bands moved away from that. The bands moved heavily away from that. You know, like, it's more fans of bands that would collect, not friends of the band. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I think, I always say, like, 
are people who start bands getting less popular or let, they have less friends when they start these bands because you see sometimes these bands play and they don't even have their own people rocking for them that way. Mm. No, yeah, you're right. And, and you're like, damn, dog, you got a friend? You got one friend moshing? Right, and, like, right. you know, like, and that's all we cared about dude. was our friends. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah we mean? were always just playing for our friends. Yeah, that's all it was. The biggest thing for me to see you guys pull back in the freight train is, is I think that you've gotten to the point in your adult lives. Wife is good. Children are good. Job security is there. You guys have the, the point in time where, yeah, you can still go out and bang a 10 or 12 hour day. You guys are both union guys. But at the same time, you get to a point where you feel like you have the freedom, not just financially, but also time-wise. It comes from maturity. It comes from building up a, a real foundation at home where your wives and your kids are in a place where they want to support you. I mean, straight up, uh, his kid and your kids were both like, tell our dads to do this. Like yeah. They got to do this. Mm-hmm. They got to do this. <laughs> and that's a crazy thing as a motivation is to have your children saying, we want to see this. Yeah, And it's like, I have to say that that had to be an impetus. And then as you guys pull a gang of dudes together, you know, you get Chris Marguerite, he's yeah. got a slew of kids. Yeah. John Neen's got a slew of kids. Paul's got kids. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are in a position where if you had nothing but 18 year old kids in this band, it would be a disaster. Yeah. Because it'd be Trainer, old heads yeah. being like, I can't do this. So having people of the same ilk, people that you've came up with and are comfortable with in the band places you in the proper position to legitimately be able to kind of say, hey, we're not going to reignite the Ninth Circles, 1990s chaos, but we're going to bring back Freight Train and we're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a really cool idea to see old friends tackle the old songs and then add things to them. Oh, and Mike Mig, obviously. I, I yeah. can't believe I fucking forgot Michael. Fucking break my sure. balls. He hears this. <laughs> but, you know, he's another one with fucking kids and the whole thing. So you're not in a place where you got some young Turks like, oh, yeah, well, these are the younger gunner. We're the older guys. Right. You guys all have the same kind of mindset. I think it's a great way to kind of jump back in and reignite Freytrain. Yeah, and it actually helped to get uh, guys on board because of that because a lot of people are were you know we're worried about well you know what are you looking to do you know because you know wife kids the whole thing and it's like yo we're all in the same boat you know and and we're able to to do it at like uh i don't know like what uh, like a a pace that like once yeah, our like priorities are taken care of you know we got this so we tried practicing once a week we 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 whether you know, uh, we probably talk all the time through that through you know, group text, group text, and all. Let's just take a step back. Sure, we talked about all the communication. Can you imagine the weirdness that would happen if we had at the time like group text and group chat? Oh like, my god! The the quick way communication and things happen, and 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 every band has these things. I kind of hate group chats, like. I literally had a mute. Oh, I, 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 I oh, we, we were just it's, talking about like, that. It, it's, it's too much. You got the dude much. that wants to fart around all day, who's like a dickhead. Like yo, like it. it for me, I'm in a bunch of different ones, but I'm like, uh, uh, I get called a boomer by my girl a lot. Oh, you're like a you text like a boomer. Everything text message is information. Yes, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not writing you a fucking sonnet. Like, oh, here's my day. You and but Diego knows because Diego gets slammed every fucking 
If I get a free time on the telephone, yeah. I'll send them stories on Instagram yeah. and we laugh about it. That's yeah. that's my communication. So I can only imagine how you guys are like, dude, what the fuck? We're getting bu- and Chris Marguerite. Well, Meg, he's notorious. Dude. So we would like it happens all the time. We'll be like, yo, uh, what about this song? We want to do this or whatever. And then here comes Chris over the top with like a, a chicken parm sandwich or something. Or, you know, and, and like, then next thing you know, yeah, everyone's like, like heart this, love that. And then, you know, uh, Paul will come over the top with a bowl of wings, you know, and then it's like, wait, wait, wait I got to scroll two hours to get and back, to the, back to the point. Find back to the yeah. fucking point we were getting but it, at. Yeah, but it, yeah but the most important stuff is buried. Honestly, though, that stuff, though, it helps you, like, because in the end, it's all about fun, right? Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah, and it's also, you know, it's like we've known Paul for so long. Well, actually, we've known everyone in the band pretty long. So to have as 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 cheesy as some of the conversations are, there's an important part about building camaraderie and bands yeah. and getting to know people. Like, cause like, you know, like even being like being really quiet, but the Dude. Through, through the group chat, he'll let some things slip dude, where you're yeah, like, all right, yeah. all right, we're figuring this dude out. He being is the silent killer. He silent has, killer, he dude. has another one of them sharp wits. But he's not. He doesn't need to command. This. There's some people that have to socially command a situation. Yeah. Bean's gonna sit back in the corner, but if he gets you. It's on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we there's a couple of times where we got him by himself, and we started talking. Like, Dude, I like this motherfucker, man. He's, love him, man. Yeah, uh, he's fucking. Yeah, but he's a silent killer. But, but yeah. like, and that's the thing. Like when you're dealing with people in bands, you're dealing with egos and checking egos and shit like that. It can it can be tough, and that's why it's sometimes the conversation is kept light. Or it's talking about food or something like that. So I, I don't mind it either way. What do you guys individually, so I have to answer individually for this one, when people put aside the hardcore stuff to be really good fathers and be really good husbands and really the masters of your trade at this point, each each is individually, for people listening who are younger, like I always feel like kids are afraid to jump into the whatever work they have in fear of like, Hey, if I miss a show, I'm not going to be this. And yet here you guys are, you're back. You have your band, you're pushing forward. And I don't look at you guys as being like, Oh, well they were like the things that the things that you missed out on were so trivial because we picked right back up. And every time I saw you, there was no issue. There was no like, hey, where the fuck have you been, dickhead? No, no, never. never so I that. wonder, where do you think the extra spark came to pull you back in? Because of how much you guys dedicated to be in, like, legit, responsible, grown men. Like, where do, where do each one of your individual sparks pull to get you guys to really be like, fuck it, let's try to do this? It's a tough question. Um, I mean, I guess for me... Is really like seeing the bands that came before us still playing, I guess, you know, and it's like, well, you know, you see AF up there. Um, I mean, we just saw Earth Crisis over the summer and you're just like, how, like, what the fuck, man? They're still out there. They're still great. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, it's not an age thing. I don't know. Like, I don't really look at an age. I don't feel a certain age, you know, um, but it's also, yeah, I mean, the kids definitely put a lot of pressure on us. You know, the fact that my son feels comfortable enough coming and talking to you to and being like, yo, we got to get this band back together. Like, <laughs> like that kind of was like, all right, well, maybe we, Dude, maybe we kid, need to do it. This like, kid's the fucking yeah. best, man. So like stuff like that, you're just kind of like, you know, there's, there's like a couple of reasons 
where it's like, you know, the simple answer is like, well, of course we, you know, we lost a lot of people along the way. So it's like, you want to do it for the people who still like that can't do it. You want to do it for the people that never saw it, but more importantly, do it for the people like yourself where you never left. So we're doing it more for, you know, the Joes of the world where it's like, well, they want it. So it's like, well, let's do it for them. And it's almost like, you know, paying a penance in a way, like, you know, it's like we walked away for a little bit to do our thing. And it's like, well, if we can give anything back to this, because now I got my son coming to shows and I'm introducing him to people. And it's like, yo, you got to pay this thing forward. And it's like, well, I kind of have to show that through action. Like, I I can't just talk it. I got to do it. So if that means, well, I got to put a band back together, I got to record and I got to play shows for free again. It's like, well, I got to be part of that paying it forward as well, because hardcore has been very good to me. My friendships through hardcore has been very good to me. So why not, you know, why not pay pay it forward for lack of a better term? Yeah, I mean, um, for for me, uh, my my thing was, well, I've, you know, my my I have two girls, right? And even with that, my they're like, wait a minute, you were in a band, you know? Because now they get older, they start paying attention, you know. And then uh, it started, you know, bringing them. This is hardcore, and getting to, you know, oh Joe, I love Joe, I love this guy. Oh, you know, stress. Are you? And they're like, they got swallowed up. Yeah, everything like. That scene that took me in took them in, and now they're like, "Oh, you guys got to, you guys got to do it, got to do it." And you know, it's always like, "Ah, downplayed," and now nobody cares. Ah, it won't be fun. And then it's like the threats of like, "I'll get Joe to tell you to do it," right? <laughs> so, so that that became the old, the the thing. That's is, great, you know. So, so and then bringing them to to this is hardcore this year, and and seeing like introducing them all like. All like the you know uh, wisdom and chain guys and all our old friends, um, even I mean all those dudes. Like my my girls were like, this is this is this is awesome. You have you guys have to play, and then um, honestly, to be able to be surrounded by good friends that are also incredible musicians, and to be able to do it together and make this thing sound good, and have fun. And be surrounded by the same group of friends that I grew up with. You know, it's, I mean, how do you put a price on that? Like to be able to, you know, to, to just to be able to imagine yourself like back up there and, and just screaming and just carrying on and having a blast again with, with people that we actually consider family, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's actually a little bit overwhelming a little bit because it's something special for us individually, mm-hmm. right? Special for our, our family, like our kids. And and same thing to reconnect that whole thing with our friends to be able to just have a blast. Like, yeah, I mean, yo, like, outside, outside of our f- close friends... Like, I didn't really think anyone really remembered or cared. And then right. shout out to Bob Wilson. Yeah. You know, he did the zine. He printed the shirts. Yeah. Well, and- dude, that was it. I remember getting a, getting a text from Bob. Like, yo, you mind if I print these shirts? And I was like, what shirts? Like, the freight train shirts. I'm like, serious? And then, like, talking to you, it's like, dude, they, they want the shirts. The kids. The kids want the shirts. And I was like, yo, Bob, I mean, yeah, please do. Like, that's, a, that's to me, like, that's one of the best 
like, you know, fucking. It was a compliment. Compliment you know? I can receive. Yeah. Right. These and then kids today, they really want to not be the young kid who's like, fuck all them old guys. Like, yo, what's up with this band? What's up with yeah. that band? They get like obsessed. So kind of being like a hidden gem for a train is really starting to be like this shiny diamond. Like, what is the deal? And then, you know, um, as we approach talking about the video and stuff, I think you guys are at a great point in each of your individual lives and your family support is fucking paramount. Before we get into the freight train video, people have to recognize, because I always tell people, like, when you go and work in a union trade in Philadelphia, you're not far removed from hardcore. And I don't think people realize that because maybe our scene is just, maybe our hardcore scene and our city is just that working class. But it's like, I was on the W job and I ran into Joe. Yeah. And Joe was South Philly dude, been around a hardcore forever. Like, I can't go on a job and not run into some cat who either goes to my shows or I fucked with forever. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's younger kids who I try to tell, like, yo, get into a union trade. You'll end up running at homies that you don't even, how the fuck is this guy this union? Yeah. Oh, my God, isn't it? It's like, I want kids to understand this. Like, yeah, you have a serious job, but this is like a job where, like, you're going to be running into people that you fuck with or you may have fucked with for fucking 20 years. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, like, just even at the video shoot hanging out. And, right. be, you know, it was like, oh, shit, you know, like, it, it was fucking great to be around everybody, you know? Well, because like work, it's all earned. Respect, respect is earned, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, the job sites are a mirror image of the streets. Really, you know, it's it's very similar. You know how how you move on the streets, how you move on the job site is really it goes hand in hand. I think it's the same thing. It really is, and it's and that's how I think it gets intertwined with hardcore because like a lot of people from you know like. The union trades or building trades is still very neighborhood connected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, like I grew up in a neighborhood where someone was in a union, whether it was the fire department union, whether it was a plumber's union, something like that's where everyone came from. Everyone came from a, a blue collar uh, background. Um, and then as we got older, like they were your only options. You know, we didn't go to college. We didn't nah. do anything like that. And it was, you know, hey, kid, you, you need benefits. You know, you need you need a way to put a roof over your head. You know, you got to get into trades. Yeah, it takes it takes a while to get to a certain point. I mean, we're now, you know, uh, 20 plus years in, you know, it takes a while to get to that point. But the same thing with everyone else, like the same thing with hooking up with stress, you know, with hooking up with Sharky, like all these guys put their time in like and they all have a unique trade that helped us, you know, put the band back together as well with the video, with recording, um, you know, and even with you, with booking shows, like it takes a long time to get to a certain point where you can say, yeah, this is no problem. I got you. No, I think the hardest thing that people um, misconstrue is having a good working day job eliminates your ability to go to shows. Like, dude, there's so many people that do it, but you can even still do the band. And I also think that like the connections stay like, you know, we had our friend Alex, <laughs> you know, like he runs his own union shop, yeah. like mm-hmm. fucking Yo, dude, it might, there might be some days you can't go to shows, but you're still a part of the whole thing. Now, bringing it forward, because you brought up Sharky, you brought up stress. Um, the um, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but modern day freight train really just got fucked up with some serious technological advances here. Like, the way to record, the way those guys were sending songs back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an A track in the basement. No, definitely it's, it's not. not. Definitely yeah. not. No, it's uh, 
But, I, mean, I mean, if it was up to us, it would still be a very stripped down, four track, very punk rock. Um, but after after hearing the way they do it, I mean, I mean, there's no other way to do it. It sounds awesome. But not only that, but like you know, we always had ideas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like when we played live, like we always joked, not so much joked around, but we always try to come up. Like we always talk about, you know, uh, having dudes weightlifting and shit while we're all while we're on stage <laughs> and shit. We're always having like talk about like chicks like double dutching while we were playing. You know, for a while there, we were pushing the two live crew of hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a lot. Of so because because it was always about just like whatever yeah, anything just throw, went just right. Throw it at the wall. But now, like for instance, like we redid some of the songs and and then hooking up with stress, like he's we're we're able to to translate what were the ideas that we were having and him being able to do his thing at the level that he does mm-hmm. to make it exactly if not work but better than what we've imagined that could have been with with the sample in and, and the ins and the outs uh the intros and the outros mm-hmm. um so so that right there is awesome you know because you know you can have all the ideas but if you don't have the access to be able to, you know, to make it happen, then what's it worth? Yeah, you need Luckily, someone to execute we, it. Yeah, we, you know, we're grateful for, for stress to be able to. But that all comes from, like, what he was saying, like, you know, like, these friendships that were made. Sure. You know, 20 sure. plus years ago, it's like, they're the top dogs of their game as far as I'm concerned. And it makes our life a lot easier at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, because again, right, just like in the beginning, the freight train was our band so now it's like this time around i mean yeah man we want stress to be a part of it we want joe joe's a part of it everyone's a part of it you know mm-hmm. um because it's fun it's 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 what it is now what what made you i mean we were talking about it but i'd rather you speak on it because like private conversations versus like you saying hey what what was the impetus for the video? Like, what was the like? Hey, this needs to be a video to really pop. Like, where did like how did that originate? Like, who's who had the thought of it? And then like, how did you guys take it? Like, what was the what was the whole surrounding point to this? Well, well, we're on a big we're on a really big job, um, and they hired a videographer to document the construction of the building. It's the old Pico power plant. The old Pico power plant. Job's been going on for over three years now, so there's a lot to document. And um, the kid had special access to the building who was the videographer, and we got talking with him. We're like, hey, we got this band. We want to shoot a video in here. Just joking around, talking, you know, job site, talking shit. And he was like, yeah, I'm down. I want to do it. And we're like, okay, well, is this for real? Can we get permission? Can we get people in the building? Yeah, sure, yeah, we'll hook it up. And, you know, we went through the proper channels, the security, all that shit. And at the last minute, the kid got a job in Australia to film a uh, a TV show. So we're like, damn, that's it. Like, it's not going to happen. We just lost our connection. And you called up Sharky. Yeah, I said, blue. Them, yeah, because, you know, Sharky's always, you know. Posting the videos. Posting and all. the videos and all. And I was like, yo, let me reach out to Sharky. Dude, he, dude, he can do it. It'll look awesome. I seen some of his, some of the things, dude, he crush it. So we called them up and boom, right away. It was like three days later. Yeah, let me check out the job site. We'll, we'll go check it out. And, you know, we went, we walked it and we're like, yeah, we're thinking about doing it to throw down. 
you know, stress, stress did a quick ver, you know, copy. We gave it to him. And the way the building's set up, because it's an old power plant, it's a lot of concrete. It's a lot of like industrial setting mm-hmm. and a lot of old graffiti. I mean, decades of graffiti yeah. everywhere, everywhere. And, and again, I mean, it's just, it looks real industrial. And Sharky was like, yo, thinking like a, like a fight club theme. And, and it just turned into what it is, mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, what, you know, what it was. And, uh, we're able to do it, and we pulled it off. And Sharky did a fucking hell of a job, man. Yeah, it was I, it was really organic, and it was really a couple phone calls, yeah. and that was that. I think intuitively, it places you guys in a position where you are saying, "Hey, we're back," but in lieu of like making the the throwback demo cassette tape or, or like a seven inch, you're able to command social media with a reel, which is like the most modern accessible tool for promotion right. so organically just by you guys thinking like a video would be sick this is like this is a already like advantageous to get people who aren't familiar with nine circle freight train the lore the legends all that shit because we're gonna see this fucking video and everything that sharky does does look beautiful you know like he he put he's another great hardcore kid who fucking just put his whole ass into something he still has a barbershop and all that. Yeah, but like, yeah. His love is trying to make this fucking film right. And just seeing it, you're just like, everything pops. Um, hardcore videos, and I've been a part of a couple of them, are really weird. Because by design, the best ones use you around live shows. Mm-hmm. So when you have like a tailored story, you really have to organically set it. Yeah. Otherwise, it gets wonky. And I and I've I've watched this shit now like forty two times or fifty times. Literally, um, me and Bob go back and forth and send screenshots. Especially Mike stabbing Sam for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the shit. Like yeah. we go back and forth on. Yeah, yeah. And Bob's like, you know, like we we talk about it. And I and I and I think it's funny because you guys hit the nail on the head like a full home run. Awesome. Like you know, like thank you. Not just a song, not just a recording, but like this is the way you. If you were an older band trying to pop back in the world without trying to be like, hey, new kids, we're sure. cool too. Like sure. you're this is unabashedly freight train. Well it's unab- like it's it's not like you're not playing up to a crowd. Like this is just you guys. And this is what this is this is us guys shit then. It translates into now. Like this isn't unrealistic. Like, right. As silly as it sounds like it's not without a thing like, hey, we've got to go down here and this is probably going to be a fucking problem. Yeah. And we've been in a situations where it's like this guy's got a problem with this guy mm-hmm. and it yeah. turns into everyone's fucking problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not some surrealistic, like, Oh, we're really going to go all out. Like it, it, it's a, a homogeneity of things that have happened, could happen, most likely happen. And no one in that room's like, this doesn't seem real. It, right. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's the whole ironic that, thing about whole, And that's the organic part of it. It happened. Cause, cause <laughs> that literally happened. Yeah, yeah. Because we, 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 had, we were in a text and we were like, well, we know enough people that if we just put them in a room, something bad will happen. You, all, all you got to do is round these motherfuckers yeah. up and someone has beef with someone. And sure as shit, dude. The second we walked in, they're like, "Ah, this doesn't feel right," but hey, whatever. And yeah, shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was it was all, all organic because like the, the the thing was, dude, we got access to this incredible job it, site. It was so much fun to walk around and just take pictures and yeah. just like Jesus the, Christ, the, you know. Oh, and the and the and the, oh the shit God, we the had Lord. to go through to get 
you know, security. It was like a right. whole thing. Like, it, like the behind the scenes stuff was a nightmare. But um, where we actually shot the video is now closed off. Like you can't even get into it. So yeah. we were up against time. And we really just looked at it from the perspective of like, well, what do what do we watch? And we, you know, we just watch YouTube. Like, I don't listen to hardcore music. I don't listen to CDs. I don't I don't download music. But I watch a lot of videos and I watch a lot of shit on YouTube. So I was like, well, if I'm doing that, everyone else must be doing that. So let's shoot a video and put it on YouTube. And dude, but I I gotta say, uh, Joe's tweet about this, you know, we had more that was stuff. The best, the best that was, hey, I had said to him right away, I was like, we gotta put that on the shirt. Because yeah. cause not only is, is it the most, like, real statement, mm-hmm. but it's fucking dead. Like, it's it's hysterical because it's true. Like, it's we true. had more stags than we did shows. And, and it just so happens to happen on the video. Yeah, like, it's... it's <laughs> Poor Sam, by the way. He took that yeah, pretty good. Yeah, shout out to Sam. Yeah, shout out to For Sam. For anybody who hasn't seen it, we're going to have the live video. We're going to have the video on the link in the podcast. But at a certain point in time, uh, Mike Hooligan does, in fact, go beyond the, the, the Call of Duty and does actually accidentally stab Sam <laughs> in the video. And I was at the shop. Cause uh, we were we were tying concrete mesh for a pour, and I'm like, there's no way I go. I have to yeah. get this done. So I go up there, and Mike. I'm like, how go? He's like, yo, man, I fucking stabbed the guy. I'm like, well, in the video, he's like, no, for real, I fucking stabbed the guy. I'm like, and I'm like, but it's the most Mike Hooligan shit ever. Like, of course. Well, well, because it, again, it's most Mike Hooligan thing. He goes, uh, hey, uh, hey, bud, I think I, I think I actually stabbed you there. Hold on. And he goes, nah, I'm fine. And he looks down, and it's just blood coming down. I saw the pants. And he's like. I felt something warm and do it instantly pouring sweat. Yeah. And and Mike's like, uh, right, get him some water. You know, let's go. Let's finish this up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Mike was cool. About yeah. It. And, nah, Sam, like, and Sam was cool about yeah, it. Everyone was and, cool about it. And, yeah. it. and it sounds like a bizarre thing, but when you get stabbed, you almost like in movies, you see these people react immediately. When you get stabbed, you don't know you're stabbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people think you get punched or, a, or like they think you miss and it's not till later. Like, wait, what the fuck just happened? I actually got stabbed there. So that's also a great lesson. No, I'm good. Of course yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, oh wait, yeah. I'm actually bleeding. And yeah. that's yeah. that's the reality versus the fiction of you seeing a movie. It's like yeah. most people don't ever actually know they were stabbed. But again, right? As gentleman as uh, Mike was, yeah. Like, hey, bud, I may yeah. have stabbed you. <laughs> Sam was a professional. Got drank a little bit of water, went back on his knees, and was like, "All right, let's keep rolling." And, yeah. just, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, I think you should go to the yeah. hospital." <laughs> dude, this dude's busted out like ten band aids. I'm like, "What are you doing with the ten band aids, dude? Like this could <laughs> be staples." Yeah, yeah, like this guy. What was it? Did he end up with staples? Or no, staples? he ended up he ended Riding up not out. doing nothing. He wrote it out, pushed out the clots, and just wrote it out. Solid idea. Fucking yeah. hard, dude. Yeah. dude it was fucking hard. He was a trooper. He uh he did two two like almost two full days of shooting. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> but it, it was just like it was just like this is just so fucking typical. Of course this would happen. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you can't escape it. Yeah. I mean, and it, and the thing is, is like with the stabbing thing, it is completely if a st- if a stabbing happened in today's hardcore world. Twitter, Twitter talk. Yeah, you might as well just drop just, the nuclear bomb by this way. Seldomly does something happen at that level that isn't immediately international. Like the whole world of hardcore, like in French, these fucking guys. Like it never fucking ends. Mm-hmm. So like when we say these things, it's not in a way of being like we're being aggrandizing. Like 
there literally was that level of violence at that time, and there was those few freight train shows. And, and if you were there, you were there. And if yeah. you weren't, you know, whether it's the YouTube that you guys put out, if we ever get to Jamila tapes, they're going to show you, like, things were just different, but also the social scenarios are different. So now freight train is coming out. Yes. And it's in a young world. You know, young you guys are young at heart, obviously, but these young kids are now going to be able to consume this and make their own decisions. And it's gonna be kind of interesting because they're right now modern hardcore has this kind of fetishism with like not not just the graffiti logos, sure. but like this tough attitude. And it's bizarre because the there's almost no violent like there's no true violence. Like, right. Today's hardcore scene. If I had the four moshers who moshed the hardest in Philadelphia transported from today to yesterday when we were all, the first person who did something like that would get beat up by everybody. Mm. And then the other three would go, I don't want to get beat up like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the liberties taken and the mosh pit, like you see it now, you're yeah. like, because I'm not letting no one hit me <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when I was your, when I was moshing with you guys, I was a small kid, so I wasn't putting, like, I was moshing a lot, oh, yeah. but I wasn't putting the damage that these kids are. And I was like, it's such a crazy juxtaposition of like you're gonna have kids going balls to fucking wall at a level of like I'm gonna have to be in the pit tell the old guys like let these kids go they're gonna mm-hmm. do a little bit more asshole shit than we used yeah. to like it's a very weird world where the moshing is way more violent but the fighting is gone and but so I think it's gonna give Freight Train the opportunity to have fans that aren't gonna be worried about getting hit with a bag with a brick in it. Which is nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's a, it's a good train. Which is a good thing, right? Well, because now it's like, you know, it's and, and like I even see that, and I love what you were able to do with the scene. Like the fact that I could drop my kid off and go to a show, yeah. like it's completely different. Yeah. And that took, like what people don't realize, that took a lot of years yeah, to, of to fix. Like the, the scene was fucked up. Like we started this conversation off by... There was a stabbing at the Dead Milkman show. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't a hardcore thing. This was every, every fucking, fucking show. show. It didn't matter. Let's look at what this is. We never wore sneakers at shows, even if we had shitty boots, because everyone wore boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody was standing outside the Trocadero, hoping to not get weapons found on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pat downs. Everybody's been fucking hit with something. Everybody, brass knuckles were as fucking available as anything in this fucking city. Like well, the shows were in Chinatown, and they yeah. sold all the weapons in Chinatown. Yeah, so like, <laughs> you would and, buy them right yeah, there. Like, I mean, as as we all grew in Ninth Circle, there was actual shootings at shows. Yeah. Not just like somebody doing Yosemite Sam and shooting in the air. Like, Black Kyle got shot outside yeah. the Earth Crisis show. After the S.O.D. Fury, it was everybody versus the Nazis, and yeah. they're shooting down the that street. That was a crazy yeah. show. In open yeah. daylight, in Philadelphia, and... There, it didn't make the news. No. You know, like, there was levels of violence that by today's, with the, with the cameras and the internet and the media, I don't even know what it would be like, but we came from such a different world, and I appreciate you saying that, like, it was effort, but the efforts made was just to allow what hardcore is to exist in its own right, because, you know, like... I learned I learned it from watching you guys. Like when you guys went off and became grown men and married men and fathers and shit, we went off the deep end. And we went so off the deep end that I had to like go like, what do I want to do with my shows? Do I want all my friends to terrify everybody? Or I want the Bob Wilsons yeah. and the kids will come later to be able to do something great with hardcore. 
and we try to ha- we had to like pull everyone back to a, like this is ex- like our own friends. This is acceptable. Yeah. This is not. And a couple times, some of my own dudes like yo. If you can't just let these kids do their thing, you, stay at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like, we need this to continue. Sure. Because and I say it. and I say this about like the modern hardcore thug shit. Not so much our group, but the kids that would follow us. The kids from the suburbs is like, you're only as tough as the biggest pussy at a yeah. hardcore show. So if you can be tough and punch some kid at a hardcore show, you go outside, you're gonna get fucking rocked by some street dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we get some of the street stuff out of hardcore, maybe these hardcore kids and and, and it happened. Yeah. The violence. The violence was never not there. There might be a tussle or something, but because the kids, it stopped being supported and it became unnecessary. Like because of the work of what the fuck we did in the late nineties, we didn't have to deal with as much of that. And then when it stirred back up, we took care of it, so we didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. So these kids kind of came unmolested from like the raw violence of oh yeah, there's these Nazi gangs and they show up and sometimes we stab them, sometimes they shoot us in the middle of the street. They never have to think of that. And it's this is a fertile ground, is what I'm saying. Like you guys are coming full circle into a fertile ground of hardcore where young kids are really gonna have a chance to like see what this is and enjoy it without the the real threat of what we had over our heads. Yeah, but that that's a knife that cuts both ways in a in a good sense because it allows us to also enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Because we spent, you know, a good decade looking over our shoulder. Anywhere we went, anywhere we went. And that's not a healthy way to live. And I'm not going to glamorize anything that we did. And, you know, like, and everyone knows, like, I used to live, I used to live on South Street and people would think that shit was sweet. They would come down, do some crazy shit. Well, I had to walk a couple blocks home by myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I lived. And like that shit followed me home sometimes. And especially kids at the suburbs, you know, they would come to the show. They would start some fight. They would get in their car. They would go home. We had to walk back to our houses. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's where the real shit went down. It was always a couple blocks away when you least suspect it, when you're by yourself, stuff like that. And it got to the point where it was like, I can't I can't look over my shoulder 24-7 over fucking hardcore. Like, that's just crazy. You know? So a young kid could get his rep. Yeah. That's, come on. You know what I mean? Talking about how, like, you know, clean, you know, cleaning it up and not allow, you know, allowing people to not get bullied around just to have people enjoy it right what i noticed too is uh probably had to go hand in hand is the support that one another has anymore is huge like you you pay attention on instagram you'll have one you know one band push another band pushing another band where before like we talked about we had no love in philly no no none right but now you see bands pushing all kinds of bands, and now you're you like every everyone's here to lift everyone up. Where before there was this like ah nah those are whatever dudes from wherever you know this is us you know it it feels like it's opened up for everybody. Well, and it's also for for a lot of the people that've been around a long time. It's it's a business too. This is how people you know feed their family. So like there's a lot of bands that. Well, they're torn all year long. Yeah. You know, there's people like stress that are sitting here recording all year. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you're not going to have this opportunity if people are not coming to shows. So it's a very, you know, it's a very fine line where it's like you want people to come to shows. You want people to have a good experience. And that's kind of where we're at. Like we see shows where like, damn, we could actually come here and have a good time too. Where those last couple of freight train shows, they weren't good times. Like it might have been fun. no, no, no. 
but the repercussions. As we always say, we were having fun, but nobody else was. Nobody else was. And we kind of all capped ourselves up to saying it was fun. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, like, I can be honest because I've had, I've been through a lot of deep therapy about trauma and all this stuff. You either rise to the, the, with what's going on or you sink and you leave I'm, I'm around true ma- we have a lot of maniac friends who are older than us that were the bar was higher for them yeah and so like yeah I had that brass knuckles and the knives and I'm trying to be that dude and I got my jaw broken moshing but it would be a um, bullshit to be like the anxiety and the panic was both very uh, almost like addictive but also painful like it's fucking you'd go home and you'd be like you know, like um it took a lot in my relationship after, you know, the freight train stuff and punishment shit started happening where I was like coming home and I couldn't just be a normal person. Cause we were still engaged in crazy shit. Mm. And my ex was like, What's wrong with you guys? It's like, well, every night we're we're tooled up, we're out, we're worried about Who's the guy's going to show up and remind us of that someone did a couple months ago? Like, hey, remember when you guys... Yeah, and because, a couple years ago. Yeah, and, and the thing yeah. is, is because a lot of the older guys, like you guys had moved on to be like, hey, we're going to become normal dudes and just have good families. We're kind of left out to go, all right, we got to rock this out. And like, we had to carry something. So it's right there. there it, it was fun because we could look back and laugh and yeah. go, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that yeah, but there Kyle, was a lot of- Kyle got shot in the leg. And I Mickey mean, went to jail. Yeah, like there, you know, we we had to live through some things where it was like, oh, okay, well, there are repercussions. Yeah. We I dodged mean, a lot of shit too, we dodged man. A lot of dude. Bullets. Literally, the cameras, the the, the social media is like it it, it. it thank God it missed the generation because it allowed the chaos to exist. Yeah, and it's it's good podcast fodder. But like you know, the sad thing is, is the chaos of all this. Like you said, you know, like we dodge bullets. It's like it sucks now that we're older. There's faces of people that we're never going to see again that don't yeah. get to be here now yeah. and don't get to see the sunny side of things. You yeah. know, like, yeah. And I do also think because of we had a shared background and all this stuff, we kind of were able to have like a unique, like, you know, shared struggle. Like, well, okay, well, this is what we do. Absolutely. Because what are we going to do? You would have been you would have been in your neighborhood yep. doing the same stupid shit. Only you could have had the feds on. You had this. 100%. You know, like, you know or getting shot for stealing cars. Like, you know, like everybody had something hanging over, which pushed us to shows. The problem is we brought the element of that back to the show. Mm-hmm. And so we never lost that news hanging over us right. until it kind of got to this point. Right. The, the payoff was ha- having these lifetime bonds of friends. Yeah. That was the payoff. Yeah. Because the street was the street, whether if it was stealing cars or what, or robbing somebody or, you know, fucking some dude up because, you know, he, you know. He disrespected somebody we knew, you know, or something crazy. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's all good, right? It's, yeah, all, it's a fucking sunny. It's part of it. It's well, part it's of it. Yeah, sunny like, day like you said. Right yeah, 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 right. Yeah, you get, you know, you you live to tell the tale, yeah. and the people that are there, um, they're the only ones that really know what we're talking about. Like yeah. these aren't. It's not exaggerated. It's it's just what it was, and. As fun as it was, there was a lot of times where it sucked. I mean, we were we, we get to wax nostalgically over the real dramatic parts right. and the frustrating parts and the scary parts because, in a blink of an eye, that time is so far beyond yeah. us that it moves so fast. But the fun was so much fun. 
<laughs> that none of that serious shit, you know, is that is what it is. The fun of getting up there, talking shit, having a blast, fucking laughing it up. Like that was there the was shit. exhilaration that I think yeah. is a weird thing because you don't really get that at times. Like, and this comes from our shared experience of being metal dudes first. The truck was the best at the light going off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the freight train shows didn't have the light going off, but you guys would get past the mic check part and get to the part where George would go, "Ladies and gentlemen," yeah. and that anxiety as as like excitement rose. And there was times where I was standing there, kind of like I need to breathe, and someone just grabbed me and start running. There's people would mosh to George, just saying, "Ladies yes. and gentlemen, mm-hmm. boys and girls," because it was time, and everybody knew that was the beginning of what this train is going to be, and. The, the reality is, is like very few moments. I think like there's a moment with Gorilla Biscuits because they turn the lights off and they do the horns. Mm-hmm. There's a couple bands that have these moments. Like Judge did it with the Star Wars intro. It's few and far between when a band's at that thing. And it's crazy to compare it to. Right. But so few bands put a moment's thought into how do we want to start this so it's more dramatic. But for you guys, it wasn't dramatic. It was like, yo, let's just get George up here. Right. Well, that, that, remember, well, the bull, that actually... remember the bull who rapped one time? Yeah, that Frizz. was Frizz. Yeah, Frizz. That's Frizz. right. That was Frizz, <laughs> right. Yeah, Frizz got up there and we're like, all right, Frizz, come yeah. to you, bro. Well, yeah, because, yo, Frizz And that's what it up. was. Yeah, he hit us up. You know, well, actually, he was on the way to the show and he goes, yo, I've been working on these rhymes. And we were like, yo, why don't you get on the mic and, and, and do your rhymes? And he was like, for real? And we were like. Yeah. yeah whatever. So we gave him whatever. I think it was like five minutes yeah, on the mic, yeah. and nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, that was when we played with Clubber Lion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, was that in Bristol? Bristol. Yeah. Bristol. Yo, Ryan Grazzi, we haven't brought his name up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Grazzi show. Grazzi. <laughs> the Grazzi yeah, the show. Grazzi That's right. show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was, so, and then, and the same thing with Georgie. Like, he just was like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in the band. And we yeah. were like, all right, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to announce you guys and, he would literally, and then sometimes just spin check whoever was next. Like as soon as yeah. it was pop, kick somebody. Like oh fuck, here we go. And same Fucking thing. Awesome, like he man. was the best, and like we didn't, you know, we didn't care. And you know, these were these were all our friends. So it was because, just kind of like get up there, do it. Because all like it was number one fun. So we were just shouting. Like the I just posted the time where you were announcing that you were going to run for city council, yeah. and like and like <laughs> on, fast on, forward, it's like what the <laughs> and even on stage, I'm it's like, shut funny. the fuck up. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, but I forget it's what we were talking so about. So fucking nuts! Like, what are you talking about? It's like, so, yeah, uh, our party's nine circle. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, are you fucking crazy? But that's that fuck you. But that's the that, fuck and, you of and like, that's yo. the punk rock of. I'll say whatever the fuck I want to say off here, bitch. But that was the shit, right? And everyone was like, "What is this? What are these dudes gonna say?" Because it's so fucking punk rock that it doesn't even matter because it's gonna be fucking. Well, and that's awesome. the other thing. Like, we weren't like musicians. We were just some knuckleheads from the neighborhood. Yeah. They had mics in their hands. That so we were started off going. Now, yeah. what, did Jesse or Mark, who kicked back first? Like when all the crazy shit started happening. Were I they always was, copacetic? No. But I could tell because they weren't I remember seeing, like, I even like, you can see like, Cap was just crazy. Yeah. Like, Cap was so out of his mind. He added he the loved chaos. It. And he he always, loved it. And he would have the best nigger. Even in the times we had to leave shows early. Obviously, that's why he ended up in fucking bad luck because he loved the chaos of it. Mm-hmm. But, did when those guys start kicking back? Did you got like you guys had to like think for a second? Like, wait, are we really doing something wrong? Or are these guys assholes? You know what? No, it was like a mi- weird mixture because like they would they were like, yo, this is fucked up. Like this is too much. Fair. It was but too then, much for Ferris. But then oh. when they were getting like rep off of it, they were like, oh, this is kind of cool. 
So it's like, well, you can't have one without the other. Yeah, like you, you kind of, you're either in or you're out. Yeah, you're on the train or like, you're off the train. Yeah, it, like and the thing is, like it was like this weird hating, but it's what it's what gassed them up. So it's like, well, you know, nah, Cap, Cappy loved. Cappy was all about the chaos. Oh, Cap, Cappy, Cappy was loved all about the chaos. crazier. Yeah, better. and he had even crazier ideas. Yeah, like he he was down to to brawl, and he was down to just set some crazy shit off. And he was he was good at staying in control. Like when we were playing live and things were getting out of control. He was Real very, yeah, yeah. he was set and he, well, he's also OG. So like, yeah, he's like fucking 10, 15 years old. And how old is he? He's got to be 51 or 52. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. Because Hard Carl, I think Hard Carl turned 52 this year. Mm -hmm. So I think he's got to be 52, if not 53. Because he he was torn in like 87 with release. Yeah, exactly. So he's got to be right there. But that's like the thing is, is like everyone like hears the stories there is a chaos in that moment. And like you said, and you said it with the hate. If someone doesn't like something that we're doing, man, yeah. that almost like ball busting is the greatest yes. example. Going you back start, to a job site. Right? You start. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, on job sites, somebody starts something. Breaking ball. Yeah. We yeah. got a lot got of boys. Yeah. The, even the weakest ball buster yes. can go out the guy who's got a weak spot. Yes. And so it's the same deal. Like, oh, you guys don't like us because we're from this neighborhood. Oh, you don't like our band because we're going to have this. And it, it just adds up. And yeah. then it becomes the fuck you. Yeah. So I think Freight Train was the, hey, okay, you guys are over here trying to give us fucking speeches about how to live. Please over here is called uh, asking about the city council. You're asking for the mic checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's the shit that is kind of like fuck everything going on. We're doing our own thing. Well, again, right, even before the band, us going to shows and meeting up and doing wing nights and doing that was the fuck you to everybody that didn't want us. Yeah. Now that we have the band, now it's a go get fucked. Yeah. Well, yeah, because now, Cause now we have a platform. Now we have a platform. Our our squad is chilling. Our band is chilling, and you can't do nothing about it. But shut the fuck up. And that's what was f the best part of the whole thing. Where do you think the dude is who worked in the back kitchen at the fucking Lonehurst Cafe? I don't know. I don't know. I talk about this often with a mutual friend who I'm going to leave off the podcast. About the one thing that would be making life great if we find out if they made their own chicken wings, if they bought their own chicken wings, and how we can get them. The there, there's because no there was a minute where we were doing the five and ten cent, yes, and they were the most juicy, the big motherfuckers, and they got the fifteen, and they went cheap welfare on us. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Well, the thing is, still, still to this day. You'll never find another wing like it. Nah. Like it was a it's very insane. unique nah, wing. Yeah. And they put the they put the hot sauce the on hot the side. Yeah, it was, yeah. So it was almost like a weird deep fry. Dude, it was it was always so juicy. And I say to Barletti because he knows everybody in the fucking Northeast. I'm like, well, he lived around the corner from there. And man. as you say, he's like, I, I'm like, we have to find out the secret before we die. Yeah. We got to know how and why. Because either one of you is bringing that back. You're millionaires in 10 seconds. Yeah, hard percent. Literally, it was hands down the best wings. Dude. There's a lot of like wing heads out there that we know. And you say, yo, Ronghurst Cafe. Is right. and yo, Paul Butterly yeah. is is the wing guy. Oh, yeah. You know, and he'll tell you. you yeah, know? He'll, he'll co-sign that. Yeah. He better. Fucking right. <laughs> he fucking better. I got pictures of us on wing night a couple times, Dude. man. We were fucking getting it in, man. That was the shit. Yeah, wing night was fun. It was. A, and then like we didn't realize it, but it was a communal way. Yeah. It was our way of like being together. It was our way of like, you. It was kind of like, of course we're gonna go do this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
You know, you know this dude, him, only two people did this to me in my life. They made me a third wheel on a date. One time, Diego took me on a date. I think it was you and your girl before you married her. Right. You're like, yo, we're going to go out. <laughs> Jay Bush would regularly pull up. Taryn, don't worry about this. It's before <laughs> you, honey. Jay would pull up with a girl in the car. She'd be driving. He's like, yo, we're going to the movies. And it'd be me, Jay, and the girl. It's like, I'm the fucking third wheel. Only Diego and Jay have ever yeah. made me a third wheel on a fucking date. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think only you and him would would I, would I do a yeah. third wheel too. You know, yeah, but I, my I guys, my guys, right? Yeah, I mean, third wheeled. Yeah, yeah. At that time, remember we went to Bennigan's that one time. Oh, that was the first. That was my first date with, with Steph. I almost and I was the third wheel. wheel. You're the third I wheel. I was the third, was the third, third wheel, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, I almost, I almost didn't have a second date, dude. Because he's out here talking shit. No, <laughs> he was talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> he almost started a whole thing, first date. And I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, so there, she she, she brought a friend because she 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 brought a friend, right? Because I brought Mike, you know, because yeah. she, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, they're like whispering and laughing, right? So I was like, you know, I don't like that yeah. shit. Nobody likes no that shit. No one likes that shit. So I was like, "What? What's funny? What, I want to laugh. What's funny? Nah, nah, nothing, nothing. Come on, what's funny?" It's like ah, that guy, the guy next to us, which is like about two feet away. He was on a date with some chick. That guy over there keeps smiling and like winking at me. I'm like, "Ah, get the fuck out of here!" Right? So, so I was like, "Nah, he wouldn't do that. I'll smash him with this fucking ketchup bottle." Right? And she's like, "No, you won't. Just stop." I'm like, "Nah, whatever." So this dude starts talking shit. (laughs) This dude starts going, "Yeah, that's why she's going. She's on a rape date or some shit like that. Like, like being like real wild, Wild. right?" Look at his face. He can't see what the fuck he said. It. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Yeah, this this motherfucker. Yeah, this fucking ugly bitch. Whatever, whatever." Dude, I look over and I see him, and he smiles. So I was like, "This motherfucker, bang, dude. This dude leans forward, motherfucker. You know someone at this table." And he was like, <laughs> he was like, no, no, I, you know, I'm just looking at the tattoos. And you know, she's from the suburbs. She don't know. Yeah, right? She don't fucking know. I was like, you motherfucker, you know what someone did? No, I was looking at t- oh, my, my fucking tattoos. The fuck are you talking to? <laughs> You're all ramped up. Yo, and this dude's Benigan. like, yeah, motherfucker, yeah. And I'm like, and then like, it got really weird because then the waitress came and my girl, you know, she was like, stop, let it go, let it go. And this motherfucker paid real quick and stormed out. Like he got shook, and this guy's like, "Yeah, that's why he's that's why he's a pussy ass motherfucker." And he's like, just like going nuts. And she's looking at me like, "Who the fuck are you guys?" Meanwhile, we're like, "Come on, let's go back. We got to go catch that show." Like whatever. Yeah. Because like yeah. we we were Yo, bringing that's a lasting impression. Yeah, it was. It was you. You well, said you said yeah, he set married. me up. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why if I'm gonna have a third wheel, I'm gonna have my right guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you guys individual questions. So you saw Raw Brigade. Yes. How does it feel as a, a, a Latina, Latino, hearing actual kids speaking full Spanish at a crowd like this is hardcore? And so many kids responding, knowing how few people there were when you came into hardcore. I, I loved it. I just uh, and the fact that your family is Argentine, yeah. The fact yeah. that there's like people represent all throughout South America and hardcore like this now, dude. I I I I couldn't believe it. Like the, when I first saw him, yeah. the whole the whole thing that you know everyone's screaming and then like like it was a lot going on. And then once I was like listening to the lyrics, I was like, "Yo, this is fucking good, man!" Right? 
And then you started hearing it in Spanish. I'm like, damn, I, maybe I got to do something Spanish with some Spanish, hard. right? Right? Because like, because like I, I, Spanish is, you know. Guttural. Very guttural. Yes. And the pronunciations are very, they're almost like a fit punk rock hardcore. You always hear the casualties when Jorge sings in Spanish. It's yes. fucking hard as fuck. Yes. So, so I'm in the back and I'm like, damn, this is banging, dude. This is banging. And then like, and I'm like. Yo, maybe we, maybe Freight Train could do a Spanish verse. The well, fuck? Why not, you're gonna, right? You're going to let him off the chain? Why you're not, right? You're going to let him drop something? You're going to let yeah, him Yeah, because, well, 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 people we, don't well, even know that I'm bilingual. Better. We got, you know we got yeah, something better. People don't know because, like, uh, you don't you don't even have an accent, right? No, but, 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 but no, man, but I, I would, I would love to do it. I mean, again, we always talked about different ideas, right? Whether people, uh, double, girls, double dutching on stage, yeah. weightlifting. We even talked about having, a Sasso band open us up, you know, with the freight train. You know what I mean? Dude. So we're we're always trying to tap into that. Um, we just never got really a chance. But to see Raw Brigade, uh, Colombians, yeah. right, and and to see it, like that raw energy, like, dude, I'm hooked, man. I'm hooked, and I, and I want in on it, man, because like I, I you know, I want to, I want to tap into that. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah, like yeah. We talked to stress about it. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Now, obviously, you are the, you are, I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, mm-hmm. Philadelphia now has Jinx Clothing as a, you call it like a market. <laughs> it's kind of like my, our buddy Mike's supermodel now owns it. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you got all this from? Like, what do you think you're, because like you, you at the earliest fucking age were, I mean, look at you, you're talking about going to North, Northern Jersey learned piercing. Four years later, you're screen printing and creating a fucking, you're, whether you know it's not your brand anymore, you created a brand that is so well known in Philadelphia. Like where where does this come from from you? I would have to say probably watching like my uncle who is also in construction. Yeah. Um, you know we grew up in Tacconi. Um, you know, you know they were just like uh, street kids. You know, yeah. like they used to sell Christmas trees. If they weren't selling Christmas trees. You know they were painting signs. If they weren't painting signs, they like they always somebody in the family always had like a hustle. And when it came to like the construction stuff, like that's the thing that actually stuck and worked. But you know, like my whole childhood was like that. And I I remember like we would go out there, we would sell Christmas trees, um, you know. And then with the Christmas trees came Christmas balls, and you would you know my uncle had uh, good calligraphy style, so he would write calligraphy. He was a sign painter. He was a sign painter, and he would write people's names on Christmas balls and sell them. And it was always that way, like, well, if you want to make money, like, go fucking sell lemonade. Like, it's right out your doorstep. You know, you can set up right here on Princeton, you know, and yeah. sell whatever. So I think, I, I mean, I, I was never asked that question, that, but that the simple answer is probably just watching them do it and they kind of still do it to this day. Like, they try, they always fuck with different things. Um, construction's been our our backbone for a while now um but they still dabble in a couple things yeah but you're a thing and it's very influential and i don't know if you realize that you you have with your friends and your people that are close to you is you you don't half step with no nothing. you're out there you had a you had a bike and i seen you tig welding yeah like you don't just go hand like, you literally it, like you go you don't just go out and you buy a fishing rod you, you learn how to make the fishing rod you yeah. build your own boat like <laughs> Yeah, this it, fucking it's, guy it's, taught himself how to fly fish, and he's making the flies. Dude, it's the most. So it's, it's he's so, downplaying it a lot. <laughs> no, I he can is. tell, and that's the reason it is like 
Because before, you know, when remember he had that half internet life? Sure. Where you would get one picture a month. You're like, oh, what's he doing there? Yeah. And it'd be yeah. him, but it was before real. So yeah. you'd see him. Oh, shit. He'd take well now. Then yeah. him with the family. Yeah. He had that weird farmhouse, wherever the yeah. fuck that was in the yeah. middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. But he was always building something. And then it's like, oh, yeah, now I know fly fishing. Yeah. And then you're like, cat, how do... And he's like, yeah. slave is always leveling up he with will new not, skills. He will not have step. And if he's doing something, it's going to make it worth his while. Dude, and and, so and again, it's inspiring, right? Yeah, really to, to be friends with him and, or be a part of it. Because it's like, yo, if he ain't going to half step, I can't show up halfway. Fuck. Because people are watching him. He They're going to be Ocean watching City. me. Right. His kids became champions, surfers, yeah, skateboarders. Man. There's a wife, sense of... Wifey's a fucking well-known photographer. And then you're like, yo, I got to go. I got to get... <laughs> I want some you're of not a Disney boy like he is, aren't you? Yeah. Nah. No. But he, he's downplaying his shit, too, because, like, I remember, like, there was a time where, you know, like, I was just, like, lost. Like, Jinx was over. I sold it. And I was like, well, you know, I'll tattoo for a little bit. And That's right. Like, you know, That's I had a lot of tattooed. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and I had a lot of people helping me out. Shout out to Jason Goldberg and Drew Rash. And, yeah. Because I was just, I was fucked up. I was on the street. I had no job. And people brought me in and, like, helped me. You know, but I had to. Again, Philly hardcore community. It, exactly. It's the same thing. It was it was always the same thing. No different than Jinx. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a lot of that stuff, it was it was always the same kind of people. You know, and we always we always hung around other hustlers. You know what I mean? But there was a time where this dude was like, you know what? I got to take a break from not just hardcore, but I got to take a break from like the people that I fuck with. I got to get my money right. I want to buy a house. I want to do this. And I think it was like six months later, he had all that shit. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Immigrant, man. That's what they do. They right. go, I'm doing this and they just don't stop. But like, you know, like... You know, Diego was the first person out of all of our, all of our friends that I knew bought a house. Like, and that blew, that at the time it like blew my fucking mind because I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, yeah, but it wasn't crazy because he was just like, "Well, I have a goal. I'm going to fucking do it." And if it means I have to be underground for a little bit, you know, to to level up, then I'm going to do it. I even told you that we talked to the house. I said, "Dude, you, yeah. only, I mean, you're like a grown man. Yeah, I'm yeah. out here fucking literally playing like fucking." Peter Pan and pirates with Nazis chasing them around all the time, and you're buying a fucking house and family. Like, it was, and it was like, it, I was inspired. Like, fuck, I gotta get this together. But I'm out here fucking about and fucking, you know, whatever. But, but, them at, yeah. but that's what we did throughout our whole friendships, right? In one way or another, we pushed each other to be better, yeah. right? So, so that that'll never go away because no matter what, we're, we're, we're a squad that'll always push one another to be better in some way or another. You know what I, I mean? Had this, I had this, like, fucked up period. It was, like, the residual end of, like, crazy chaos. And he got word of it and showed up in my life and was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, what are you sorry for? Like, I'm sorry for not being there. And I'm like, mm, even if that. you were there, I put myself in this position. And it was such a crazy moment because I needed my friend. But I didn't want to tell him I needed him Chris Spear did the same thing. Like, it was a hard thing because I had to realize, like, fuck, A, I love you for being a brother and having that kind of, like, I need to make sure Joe's okay. But then I was like, am I, am I, like, fuck, am I this, like, am I bad? Like, I, it was so fucked up because I was so disoriented that it was like, damn, Diego, like, even Crack was like, Diego came back to yeah. make sure you're all right. Yeah. And it was, like, a hard thing. And I, and I felt bad taking away from your family because you're like, whatever you need, and it's fucking hard, but the bond that we three have, and I mean, it probably add more people to the room as well, but like, it's a lifetime thing. 
It's right a bulb and it just picks up and it's it's so cool to have this time because we get to laugh and tell these funny sure, stories. Sure, sure. But for people listening is this is a this is a lifetime friendship. This is this is who we are, you know, like this is what we do. And now it's just your guys' time to kind of come back and go, hey, we're gonna pick this mic up again. We're yeah. Show you. We can still do this. Yeah, you know, it's fucking great. It's awesome. And we're excited about it and mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to fucking having a good time up there and just going wild, you know. Um but but yeah, I mean this is what it's about, right? I mean No, I like and thank God, I mean, the fact that you're still doing shows and yeah. like that like that that in itself no different than like what we have accomplished. I mean, your resume, I mean, it's it's impressive. Like and when I when I tell talk to my kids, like because they, they ask. And it's like and when you start talking about shows, I'm like, these are all things that Joe single handedly did. You know, and it's like you get to go see Agnostic Front on Saturday. Because of our homie, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like, yeah. like, like, like. Think about that. You get yeah, to go see so Wisdom fucking and fucking Agnostic Front. Yeah, Life Agony doing River Runs Red. That's like, like it's. But see, I, I'm a giver. Wait, 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 wait. Wisdom doing fucking Blood for Blood. Like, d- yeah. dude, it's like, it's like it. Like they don't understand it. Yeah, and it's like you don't even dude. understand what it took, and the fact that you stayed in the game. Yeah, and that your love for it, you just kept on crushing it. Well, you, crushing guys, it crushing you guys it. have been in all my crazy bedrooms. My brain is like a panel of show flyers and it's like a roll of decks that keeps rolling. Like I'm like constantly, I probably spent this year alone, like $300 on old flyers, books like of old flyers of 1980. I have a book from the UK of 1984, 1980, 84 UK hardcore. Like I'm constantly going to annals of like, what, what was cool will come again, but also what was done that we can still do or how do we make this work? Because, it's not just in the young kid bands. It's in the shit that like, who the fuck would have thought? It's like, well, the dickhead who looks at flyers and goes, oh my God, I've never, I couldn't believe the Iceman played this show with this guy. Like, I also, what what else was I going to do? I could have been a junkie from Kensington. Yeah. I could have, you know, like I could have got out, did the dad thing. Wasn't really great at that. I didn't have a good dad as a platform, as a blueprint. And I love the chaos of hardcore. Sure. And, and it be, kind of came the, the not, I almost don't exist well in a calm sea. I'm better in a choppy sea where I got to button down and keep grinding. Plus, the same fucking people that hated us, I put that flag up and go, 25 years. It's like, well, where are you, pussy? Like, where are you guys at? What happened to your, as you guys said, like a gatekeeper, like, you guys fucking held this thing down. Like, you guys were, owned it. And the time is now so brief. So few people even know. And especially because it was in a more analog time, those digital archives aren't there for you. Sure. sure. And there's but also- for the record, for the record, there's a lot of people that got shunned. There's a lot of people oh, yeah. that were there. We don't forget. No, and we- there's a lot of other people that don't forget. Exactly. And there was some tension in that room because it was like, kind of don't belong here. Yeah. You know, it's- it, it, but like, that's just, it, and it, that's and just that's, how time works well, that's, out. And, and that's like the thing. It's like to give up, for nothing. It's like what am I what am I giving up? Like I have I have Bob with me, Alex with me, like uh Stucky. All these people are doing amazing shit, not because I'm good, but mm. because someone was such a dickhead many years ago yep. that I said, when somebody is good at what they do or I see talent in what they do, in lieu of inhibiting them, stopping them, I'm gonna promote them, I'm gonna push them, I'm gonna mentor them, and give them the fucking ball. Here's the ball. Yeah. Roll with it. I got your back. Because we didn't have that. 
Mm-hmm. We only and we, it was the we, opposite. We had it from Bad Luck Thirteen and old dudes who love fighting Nazis. That yeah. was our mentorship and hardcore was dudes who were like, "We're fucking crazy and fuck those guys too." Yeah. Yep. If we didn't have that, we would have been ostracized or we would have all gave up. Like, oh, this is fucking terrible. And that's the thing that I I learned from their mistakes and choose to not repeat them. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and it's a hard thing. We're gonna wrap this up with a couple really really short ones that are pretty simple. How do you guys? How do you guys feel knowing now that the ball's actually rolling? This isn't it. This isn't a pipe dream. This isn't a we should get together. Because you always, how many times you t- we should all get together yeah. and go eat. Yep, yep. We're not in this situation. The ball's rolling. Stickers are made. Yeah, you know, videos made. Yeah. How do you two feel knowing that the ball, the the train is like we're getting ready to get back on the tracks. The fucking how do you guys actually feel? Like for real, actually feel. I for real actually feel hype. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to be up there. I can't wait to play. I can't wait to hear, you know, get feedback. Yeah. You know? Um, I loved that demo. I loved the stuff that we redid. It sounds fucking awesome. Well, you also had, literally, for those listening, Paul Bartley, I fucking hate him. (laughs) <laughs> because in his two fingers, in his bad hand, he could write more songs yeah. and melodies than ninety percent of the dudes that are famous in punk rock for playing. Nah, he's awesome. He just didn't go on the road. Then you have Mike Mig, yeah. who literally you could say, "Hey, why don't we do a Rush song that sounds a little bit like more of an angel?" And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I got a riff." <laughs> yeah, right. And then right. you have Bean, who who balances the two of them to, yeah. "Hey, we should really." Do this with it. Like, you have three crazy different approaches that all work with each other well for songwriting. And then you have Chris Marguerite, who probably the only band he hasn't played in in his is probably a mariachi band. And I guarantee you, if you gave him the up things, his sleeve, yeah, yeah, yeah. Capoeira. That's the, that's the word for Dan one. He's like, yo, I took Capoeira. It's like break dancing, but they think I can fuck you up. Capoeira. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Capoeira. right. That's right. That's right. It just, it just popped in my head. No, man. I, I, I really, I really feel lucky to have those dudes in. Cause like, do they put us on a different level musically? Like the, the talent to be able to play with them is, is fucking exciting, man. Cause we can do some shit some fun stuff yeah. you know what i mean i'm excited about it you know i wouldn't want it any other way to be honest with you no i mean i think it's all it's all timing and it couldn't happen it's at a all timing point. yes um because it's like just like everyone else like we have our ups and downs you know we we have our own struggles and all the shit that we deal with in life and it wasn't until we went to this is hardcore over the summer yeah and it was paul's idea yeah paul was like yo we need to do this yeah, and, he's the best. And, he is the best. And we were like, ah. And he's like, I'm telling you, dude, like now's the time. Yeah. And yeah, and then yeah, in right. a couple of days we had all the members. It was that it was that next day. He Marguerite was like, I, I'm 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 the guy. Don't even bother. I'm I'm in. And then he's such a cocky ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I like him. He's such a cocky ass. And then like two days later or after that, I reached out to Bean and he was like, Yeah, I'll slap the bass. And it was it. He's so fucking good at it. It's so it's, good, and like just watching these guys record, and like, and that's and like that's just a different spot where we're at, where it's like you can actually go and enjoy recording. You know, like you're not rushed in someone's basement. And again, now that we're recording in an actual recording studio, not in an eight track, you hear their talent. Yeah. 
You know, you're like, when you hear that bass, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, Will Yip. Yeah. Through right. his relationship with Blacklist, sure, recorded sure. Beans bass. Sure, and the, sure. And the modern maestro has done so many hardcore things. Wyatt Overholster did yeah. so much. That, stress dude, on top of it. It's right. like, the combination at Trio with a three is like, if you could have a combination to add to this, I mean, you guys couldn't have picked a better three to be involved in the project. And 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 that's exactly right. I mean, with what Wyatt did, and then Will, and then even Stress, like, yo, this recording's great. And then Stress added his flavor to yeah. it. I mean, like, fuck it. This is what we're, this is how we're going to do it. Like, it's. But it was timing. It was yeah. all. It was all perfect timing. timing. Yeah. We hit everyone at the right time and. Um, and the fact that it kind of has been dormant for so long, people are like, all right, I'm kind of interested to work on it. Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning, a lot of people thought we were full of shit, too. Yeah. Like, they are. Yeah. All right. Well, because yeah, how many are. years have we yeah. said we were going to yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah. We didn't do it. But so. now it's happened. And it was like, oh, all right. All right. You know? Um, I want to know this is the last question. Sure. Individually, what is your favorite show? From back, not freight train show. You're no. not playing. Your favorite show that you've been to that you think non freight train playing that could literally encompass all of everything that we talked about. Like it was one show. Each you guys have different ones. We already talked bit. about it. VOD, no, are you sure? VOD at the church. You think really? You think it's really? I I, I think that was a special show. Um, actually, you know, the one that topped that is when when us three. Took the Dodge Ram for its maiden voyage. Fuck. <laughs> the maiden blood voyage. Blood. Yeah, blood for blood. Blood for, for blood. blood. For yeah. blood. Yeah. And that, that was the one. Show, yeah. That show was just, it, it was, it was, it was at the peak of blood for blood. Yeah. It was at the peak. Yeah. That was. And that we was, were like at the peak of our craziness. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that us three jumped in a truck to drive wherever the fuck that was. Yeah, I don't even remember where it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember we came back. Your engine blew. That was the maiden voyage. We were driving down the dude, floor. Was no, like, I was in the middle. That was the best part. Dude, I'm in the middle. Of it. Dude, please tell me you remember this. We're on Like, yo, that's your mo- that's your motor's knocking. It's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yo, your fucking motor's knocking. When's the last time you changed the oil? I didn't change the oil. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? He's like, for as much as I pay for this truck, I shouldn't have to change the oil. This dude. Yeah, so it broke down at Robbins in the Boulevard. Yeah. Right? I, I think you walked home. We were just yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah. You walked home. We're at Robbins in the Boulevard, and that was the last time we drove that truck. But yeah, I would, man. now that I'm talking out loud, that Blood for Blood show. Dude, that, that was, that oh, was, man. That's like, it was If like, I remember, that was, a, that was in a big spot, right? Big was, hall. Big hall. The Can't lights were on. Yeah, like. Dare to like, Dare to Defy opened up, dude. Yeah, d- yeah. Matt's band played, and what's crazy is there's people from all over, but like all over, all over. all over. Well, Matt Walsh met us up there. He yeah. came dude, in. Matt Walsh, there was a, dude. Fucking yeah. love Matt Walsh, dude. Yo, international man of mystery, dude. He told me he's a chef tomorrow. Believe it, a hundred percent. He told me he works with Elon Musk. Believes it, dude. A hundred percent, dude. You man. talk about a solid dude, man. Fuck, love he's that guy, best. man. I don't know. How, what, what do you think? Best, best shit. What do you, yeah. Because um, I, I think of things in terms of like what's special to us, the, the threshold show is important because it pulled everybody together. But mm. sometimes it's just like that church show in Frankfurt. Not because it was the biggest show and the bands, but because it was the only way 
all of our friends' bands could play in Philadelphia and do what we want without some sneering cocksucker trying to, like, say, well, this isn't right. And I don't think that we realized what it was at the time. Like, I I tell kids all the time, like, like, oh, you book shows all the time. It's like, yeah, I did Call of Life for the 45 people because people in Philadelphia hardcore, there was a moment where, like, the 25 to life, the death threats were called Joe Hardcore Hardcore. Like, they didn't want to... Oh, that's that world. And it's like, the fuck are you talking about? Now, 25 years later, those are the bands that people are still talking about. And half of the poop butt goofball bands that they were like jerking off over, no one would even want to see them today. Mm. You know? And it's like, so like waxing nostalgically, it's it's the show, but it's the fact that we were all on the same pet, all on the same thing. You know, like as a as traveling, yeah, like that was the time where I was like, we didn't have 40 dudes. We didn't have eight because like three of us are going out to this blood yep. for blood show and it's yeah. going to be fucking crazy. And it's going to be awesome. That's right. It was also the last time we saw Jersey Bob ever. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Got married. He's a very good father. Good. Sold all his records. He's a, like, yo, raised football kids and cheerleaders. Ah, and that's happy good. Dude. It's I liked, I always liked that. Oh, the whole Jersey squad, yeah. man. That They were, they were all, yeah, always right. hung out with the right dudes, man. Yeah. That. What was the show for you? I said blood, blood for blood. 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 It's a tie, really, because like I said, that there VOD. Was that moment, there was that moment because it was VOD plus floor punch. Yeah. So you had this combo of like the band that everybody knew was going to be fucking wild. The last time you're going to see, and I have not seen them in a hall since that time. And I've tried multiple times with no win to be like, you should put the church again. And they're like, oh, we're not playing at all. Or hey, you know, I don't know if that's our thing. You know, we only had a one time at this hardcore, and it was like 2008. And I did it with four punch, <laughs> like so the closest I could get to them. Play Starlight Ballroom, but it, it's it's analogous to like that was the moment where we were all together. Yo, Marauder at the Truck, Master dude, no, Killer. No, dude, dude, dude. Are you talking about the one where it was Fear Factory, or are you talking no. about the one where it was Earth, Earth, Crisis. No, Earth Crisis? Earth Crisis. No, no. So this this is the show is Earth <laughs> Crisis, Madball. Yes, Mar- yeah, that's it. Marauder. And Mushmouth opening. Yes, that so was like, it. Yeah, so the yeah, deal yeah. is, is we were like, oh, yo, it's Marauder, but like Marauder played second on that bill, yeah, which is like, yeah. how do you let Marauder go second? Be like, oh, because man, ball and Earth Sure, crisis. sure, sure. And, and they came out their intro. They came out with shotguns, remember? Dude. And they pointed the shotguns yeah. to the crown. Like, this is a fucking stick up, dude. They were and we were like, crazy. yes, <laughs> it was Marauder, man. Dude, that like, was yeah. the shit. Man. That's the show. Max bit that dude on the neck. Yes, yeah. he bit him in the fucking <laughs> neck. Dude, what was the show where Max came out with a bucket of fried, Kentucky rancid, fried chicken? Yes. Rancid. rancid. Yeah, he brought fucking a bucket of KFC in the Rancid. Yes. And that was a great Rancid set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Early, like, 2000s. Hmm. Well, listen, I love you. Love, love you too, man. I'm going to put you guys on the, 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 the notes. You guys, I'll leave your personal profiles alone. We'll just have you go to the freight train. Yeah, the freight train, yeah. And, um... For those listening, this has been like a lifetime of friendships, and I wanted to have this be a special podcast. And once again, stress the white boy allowing us to come to his fortress of solitude out in the the dense wilderness of somewhere <laughs> we don't want to say what state. And it's just fucking crazy because this is the first time I've ever done two and live. Live is a weird experience for me. I love this. I've literally this done great... it only two times before this. So I've done it with Chris Beer, one of my closest friends, Juice Maine. Mm-hmm. Clansfist, and now you guys. Awesome. And it's surreal. And it's been great to look across and see the response because usually it's a computer screen. Dude, sure. it's, so. not only is it crazy to do it, but 
when I heard that we're doing it stresses, I was like, this can't get any weirder. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's awesome. crazy. It's yeah, awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you Shout guys got a, a long ride home, so yeah. just say just thank you. And No, thank you. We appreciate um, you. We appreciate your... We obviously, the um, we will keep everybody updated when the train does get on the tracks. Yeah. That's up to you. Uh-huh. Book it. <laughs> Making it happen, brother. All right, love you guys. All right, love, love you, man. Peace. I really can't express to you how crazy it was to listen to that for me just to play it back there is a lot of time in this conversation that you just heard and it's a surreal moment to bring your friends together and have these kind of conversations and the beautiful thing about podcasting is we get to do something like this and I hope that the younger folks learn something from this I hope our friends who came up alongside of us are laughing along with us. And I want to remind you that everybody that we came up with, to some degree or another, is always thought of in these kind of conversations. And just cannot bring them all up. I mean, it's it's hard. And just thinking in that room how many people that were just a part of everything that are no longer with us gets hard. And with the holiday upon us, Look to the people that are close to you now. You're going to miss the people that aren't with us. But it's the strength in the people that you surround yourself with that can get you through these losses. I'm lucky to have grown up and become a man in this world. And I wouldn't change anything about anything that happened because it all happened for certain reasons. I miss the people that aren't here anymore. You literally list like 30 names that came to mind last night in that conversation. But it's about moving forward. The freight train back. It's a crazy idea. Can't wait to see what we end up doing with everything. And in pulling the podcast into this, it's been a crazy 100 episodes. I know there was weeks I could have probably be at 112 or something, whatever. The numbers are almost irrelevant. We got here. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the people that listen every week, the people that break my balls when I don't get the episode out. It means a lot. And everything that we talked about is real. It happened. And maybe it's perspective so we have our bias. We left names out just so that way those people don't get to sit there and jerk off thinking that we were still talking about them because we're petty like that. And in that room not only was a lot of history, but a lot of love and respect to the hardcore kids who have a heart open to the people like Freight Train. And that's an incredible thing because there's tons of people who, they don't fuck with the old bands. They don't fuck with the way it was. They're talking about trying to add goofball elements that have nothing to do with hardcore all the time. So much love to all the kids who want to know who came and did what and how hardcore was them because you're the ones keeping it alive now. You have my ultimate respect. And a lot of the people that write me about podcasts that I put out are these kind of people, and it's an amazing thing. So thank you for the support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have more next week. Um, TIHC podcast, we'll have the notes, the video. Once again, the Chop Shop studio, Jeff Distressed, the white boy, man, Great to sit down and talk with friends, and thanks to Jeff for 
doing a great job compressing and all the fancy shit that he did to make the interview sound amazing. So, here's to another 100. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>